Three, two, one. Bada bing. Toy boat. Bada bing. Exactly. Bada boom. Wait, gotta bring up my thing. There's my thing. Hold on, give me. I gotta concentrate. I gotta bring up my thing. Oh. Okay, he, there. Mm. He, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like to, uh, together again for the first time every week. Here we go. Silence. Calm the face. Calm the face. Eleven o'clock comics, episode one hundred and fifty-two. <laughs> You. Yeah, you ain't suffered this because of the weather, because of excitement, or a combination of the two. Actually, the last night I think it was um, we were getting to the excitement part. Okay, okay. The previous days it was just because of um, puddles of water. Not why. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, it was just. It was just everything. I mean, Renee. Renee is pretty much threatening to kick my ass if I do not have a good time this weekend. She, I'll kick yeah, your ass. That's all I hear. Yeah. No, she. True. She's like you will. You will leave here, and you will not think about here. You will not worry about what's going on, or anything that night needs to be done. Will get done if something bad happens. She's got her car. She can look and go to Karen's. There, there are plenty of places where she can be. She can go get her parents. Yes. She's like Ingo Swan. She knows everything. She does. You will have a good time. You will. You? Miller. Uh, we're gonna have wow. such a good time, except for you, you bastard. I'm so mad at you. Oh. Yeah. Well, they won't. They maybe they'll hear it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll Got to tell them though. This episode, we got to tell them. Yeah. We well, no, no, we don't. No, no you'll hurt the. We'll hurt C2E2's attendance and their response. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Attendance and downloads for this. Yeah. 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 Ticket like, tickets for the glory hole on floor on the third floor have been hey. really low this year. We wonder why. Hey. Uh, it'll it'll end up on the on the canceled list right by uh, what Mark Morales. Oh. And you know who else canceled actually? And it's not me, on the website, but I found let out me guess. Joe Eisma, the uh, artist on Morning Glories. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Too bad. Well, I was going to get a sketch from him. So really, uh, yeah, Is that really. <laughs> wow. You <laughs> fixed my tie. Yeah. Speaking spe- speaking of sketches and commissions, I got something a little bit later in the show. I want to share with you all. It's very important. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. All right. Bring- you know what this is? This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 152, and I am Vince B. Yes, you Forlorned. are. Yeah, for a bit. And I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And soy el guapo. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you're transmitting from Chris's neighborhood. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Hola, como esta? Or, or out of the pages of Batman Incorporated, as his case may be. Oh, okay. No, God, I don't. I gotta, I gotta pick up on that. I've not read the first three issues. I, I haven't read any of them, so I'm gonna have to wing it. No, I'm gonna, I'm you are not. Batman later. 
you are not Spanish speaking guy from the pages of Batman Incorporated. <laughs> you are Jason Wood in the house. What's up, peoples? And this multilingual episode of Eleven O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. That's DCBService.com in your web browser. Where you can get my girl Vampirella, the Scarlet Legion number one. Cover price three ninety nine. No Siri Bob, seventy five percent off. You can get it for ninety nine cents. And one of the things I'm most excited about, the Kirby Genesis number zero. Yes. That looks pretty from, sweet. Yeah. Mr. Kurt Busick, Alex Ross, Jack Herbert have taken the uh plethora of underused Kirby characters like Night Glider and Bombast and uh, I'm sure the Secret City will play into it. Those are the Tops characters, and we're going to see Captain Victory and Silver Star that came out of Pacific. And the cover price is a dollar, which is a good deal to begin with, only because they want to rope you in to buy probably three ongoing series, but that's okay. So <laughs> the cover price a dollar, not at DCBS, 25 cents. Yeah. Unheard that's of. The hotness. Hellboy being human one shot? Yeah, it's a quarter. It's two bits. You buy 10 of them. 53% off the Hellboy human uh, being human one shot, $1.64. Keep in mind, you can get 12 issue chunks of Dynamite's Army of Darkness, and I believe Red Sonya 2, for $0.35 cents an issue. And that's only at Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, who just happens to have a digital arm. Called, they do? <laughs> they do. I didn't uh, know that. I know. Called I'm my High Five the Digital Arm of DCBS. The oh, MyDigitalComics.com, where they have digital versions of a lot of comics available in physical form over at the other place. You can get Duncan the Wonder Dog for nine ninety nine. Not going to cost you, what was it, twenty four ninety nine cover price? Uh, Somewhere around there, good. twenty-four, yeah. Or twenty, yeah, around there. You'll save more than half if you get the digital version. Nine ninety-nine. You can have it immediately. Put it on your iPad or your reading device and go to town because it's awesome. So you got your DCBService.com, MyDigitalComics.com, and you can see some of the people who work at these fine institutions at. Um, Cidos, Edos, Dos. Um, I, I wanted to throw out there real quick that um, we we talked about um, the Inkle, which the deluxe, um, the the black Inkle had come out um, earlier last year, right? David mm-hmm. David has a black ankle. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the, I'm but gonna the massage it on the airplane too. The, oh, yeah, the, the deluxe, the Inkle by uh, Jodorowsky and uh, and Mobius had come out last year, sold out like like hotcakes and and now it's very expensive if you want to find it in the in the um, secondary market well there are two collections of the inkle in previews yes. this month so now's your chance to uh to go back there's one from from humanoids and who's the other one titan Tight, yes, Titan Books and and uh, Humanoids both have Inkle collections coming yes. out. And so, if you would like to know the difference between the two, if there is any, yes, uh, yes. Zach, Zach Crusey, uh investigated it pretty thoroughly, and you can contact him either at Discount Comic Book Service or come to our forum. Hey, look at that. Uh, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com forward slash forum. We have a thread called something, something, DCBS questions, I think. I don't know. I, I don't have questions, so I don't use it. Something, something, dark side. 
<laughs> so uh, or, just... or or you can tackle him on the floor at at Cito's Edos Dos, Professionally which is of course, the the second C two E two, which is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. This is the last time you'll be hearing about the build up to that because it is this weekend, folks. That's Woot. right. Oh yeah. It is Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the McCormick Center in downtown, or right off of downtown Chicago. It is in the West Building this year, which is the uh, the the newer, shinier building. It is on the we- by West Side. It's on the West Side of Lakeshore Drive. Uh, so it is is more just like a, Jenny. A, just Jenny is on the, yeah, uh, on the West Jenny Side. Of- wasn't Jenny from the West Side? That that song. Oh, okay. oh, J Lo's song. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if Jenny is going to be there. But Jenny from the know. block, but... Sorry. Yeah, oh, sorry. I, I, yeah. You're thinking of West Side Story. You're mixing your Latina metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was the same uh, nationality. Well, I don't know if Jenny's going to be there, but uh, but Matt Fraction will be there, and uh, and so will uh, buddies of the show, Mike Norton and Scotty Young and Tim Seeley, Mahmoud Ashrar, and um, oh, and and as uh, reported on the Bendis board today, um, it's been known that that uh, Bendis is going to be there, but he said that this may be his last convention for quote unquote several years. So Why? really, um, he really? is incredibly busy, obviously with comic book stuff. But we all know about the power stuff at FX is going on, and he's got some other, you know, animated stuff in the works, like the Ultimate Spider-Man okay. cartoon, and some other yet-to-be-announced stuff from Icon, and maybe some other uh, TV movie or animated stuff. So he is he is very busy. So if you are a big Brian Michael Bendis fan. And you would like to get some stuff signed and 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 meet the man. Uh, this might be your last chance for, um, quote unquote, several years. So you know what? there's a good chance. To you know what? I, 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 we got to give we got to give the the uh, the recently birthday boy some credit right there because he is uh, he is nothing if not a professional. He, the, of all the of all the creators that he, he, he <laughs> just going to say that yeah. out. He did a nice, legitimate tout to a, a recognizing that even though Bendis isn't his cup lately, that he's a big time get and uh, and that this will probably matter to a lot of people. So hats Jason, off to you there, buddy. Well, Jason, well I think and, it's called guilt. No, <laughs> no, no. It's not. It's, even though, even though I had mentioned last week, I'm rereading Powers, and so I'm remembering why the guy was one of my top three writers. You know, for a long time it was it was he and Brubaker and Rucka were, you know, like guaranteed buys for me. And it's kinda like one of your favorite baseball players. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they you know, your your baseball team signs a signs an all star and he and he comes to your team and he and he's just he's solid for a couple years and then all of a sudden he just, you know, doesn't come through in the clutch anymore and you start you start resenting the fact because you had such high hopes for him. So just because I may not totally love what he's been doing in the last couple of years doesn't mean that I don't still love the work that I fell in love with and so hey he's going to be there and I've um Omen signed my my powers uh hardcover so I might have to uh you know actually eat a little bit of crow and mm-hmm. and try and track him down and get him to sign my powers hardcover god love nice. that book love see that this book. is where living in chicago has its definite advantages because I almost 
I never ever. I mean, just because hauling stuff across the country to uh, get yeah. signed and stuff is just yeah. a pain in the ass. So I would never. Oh, as, as as Caters and Sal, my first trip out to New York, I took I heard, the yeah. large luggage. Yeah. I, I, brought, I brought my my absolute crisis on Infinite Earth now signed by George Perez and uh, and many other hardcovers, and uh, I will never ever ever live that down. But uh, yeah, it's 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 easier to to schlep it across town. Yeah, no question. Oh, so so anyway, uh, C2E2, go to, go to the website, C2E2.com. Uh, you can still order tickets. Um, if you are listening, well, to this now, you've obviously probably missed the early order date, um, but you can still get tickets ahead of time uh, or get them at the door. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend. Uh, we're gonna be set up in the podcast pavilion, which is right by artist alley we're more or less a part of artist alley so uh cruise by see us and uh and i would just say follow us on twitter and uh and you will know where we are going to be in the the after hours hours yes sir we need some signage is what we need that for not obviously not for this weekend we'll be at the around comics table (laughs) yes there you go nice (laughs) like last year Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Hey, people found us, and, and I and I yeah. can't wait to record the never aired episode. Of Seriously, you know, the lost may, episode. I may, I may release that episode before you guys. <laughs> I still have it. Nice. You're nothing if not timely. Dude, speaking not of listening, I had a little bit of a panic attack. Uh, 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 Patrick and Dow have a, a podcast. Uh, you may know this already, Chris. Yeah, the challengers. challengers. Yeah, they huh? just talk a little bit about whatever's on their mind, and I listened to it today because it was about C two E two. And I'm bummed because they always have awesome 50% off sales at, at the Oh, college. I know. I hit it up last week. <laughs> well, yeah. So they were talking about how this year they put all the 50% off stuff on sale in their store a few weeks ahead of the show. And that like people cleaned it out already. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, how you going to dog a guy out like that? I don't even live in your city. I can't come and get, get on, the, on the good loot. <laughs> later on tonight, I may talk about classic Excalibur Volume 1 and 2. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, what else? I love you guys over challengers, but you're hurting me. I got uh, Bean World Volume Two half off for so it was like ten bucks. Oh, yeah, was, wonderful! Yeah, yeah. I, I got some. I got some sweet, some sweet deals on the uh, the half off. It was, it was, it was awesome. Sweet. They've got if you're if you're listening now, they have um, Locus One and Locus Two, the uh, Eleven Rockets hardcover collections, and they're for half off. I may wow. have to speak them up unless you someone's going to listen to this and run and get them to no, tomorrow now, fucker. Well, I can, I can, I can. You know, I have influence. I can. If you really want those half off, I oh, can. Uh, I can put in a word. Time. Say, you know, <laughs> hang on to the. Hey, man, half off. That's this is the best. Com- those are the best comics you're going to get right there, man. It's a good point. Awesome stuff. Will you two stop shaking? I was going to say. God, God dog. Have they no respect? It's like they got fleas. I'm going to have to take your collars off. <laughs> They're like circling me right now, like sharks. You know, so is anybody up. is anybody drinking, or are we all dry this week? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm ready for the C2E2. Uh, you know, I love C2E2, but I'm really kind of ready for the, the spots to be done so I can go into my, my natural flow of the show. Um, yes, it is time for the drink roll call. Uh, Jason, since you reminded us, why don't you lead us off? Well, I knew you'd be upset because I was drinking unsweetened iced tea last week, and it, it just uh, hurt. I could hear the hurt. It hurt you. Sweetened. It hurt you. It's time to start stretching your liver out, dude. If I know, I know. It. So, so in honor of that, I'm hooking it up this week. I am drinking Crystal Light Pink Lemonade. What? What? Yeah, boy. All right, I'm calling. I'm calling it now. Thursday night, seven thirty. Done. 
Okay. He's gonna, dude, he's not, he's, the, the, the training is off. You're going to be done by <laughs> 7.30. You're not even going to get to the end of the hey, awesome man. meal I'm cooking. I'm, I'm going to be at the con at 10 a.m. on Friday, so... Hung over. There are 10 a.m. to get on, my, on them sketch lists. Sketch lists. <laughs> sketch is the list. I know, I know Vince is going to leave me wanting, so David, why don't you pick us up? He uh, don't skip me. I did. I'll come uh, back to you. <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt like that was the kind of mood I was in. So tonight it's some more menage a trois. And, uh, for Vin- nice! That's uh, awesome, David. Uh, well this done, is made sir. for uh, Zinfandel and Merlot and... <laughs> you Cabernet dirty boy. <laughs> David Dirty. Very nice. Uh, Mr. B, how about you? You know, I just want to say, uh, before I tell you what I'm drinking, if we do win the Noisy Award next year for the favorite, <laughs> th- I think this is a good episode for Derek to use so far. Nice. I love it. Because yeah. Chris hasn't and shut thank- up. That'll be the one. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. We, we, still got, we still got an open slot for you to talk about a comic for a half hour. Oh, but I read three. One of them's a series, too. Oh, that's uh, it. We're done. We're a half hour in, so we're done. I'm, I'm drinking the Yingling. Yingling okay. ball sack. Yep. Uh, for me tonight, uh, keeping it simple, you know, I like wood. I'm, I'm watching my waistline. So I'm just drinking uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim Beam uh, and LaCroix. Um, which, do you guys have the LaCroix out there? Yes, we the do. Car- the carbonated water. do. It's carbonated water, basically flavored carbonated water. And uh, I have the, uh, the, the pample mousse. The pample mousse. Oh. Pimple mousse. That does not sound appetizing it does, at all. It, it's 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 French for or is, is it is it pample mousse, which is um, French well, that's for best. Know, it's French. It's great grapefruit. So it's grapefruit nice. flavored um, carbonated water huh. and bourbon. Okay. So cool. think of it as a low a low cal version of You're bourbon. You're about the grapefruit flavored stuff. That's weird, oh, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. He likes the yeah. pucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He does. Uh, <laughs> You are the first. The first, thing, first thing you're drinking whenever whenever you get here is a is a squirt and bean. So, as as I know you must be talking to David. No, I'm me. talking to you. I'm talking to you. Hello, I'm Mark Miller. You know, comic book creator. This is Mark Miller. I'm getting really fucked off now because the phone keeps cutting out, and I don't know why. But um, basically, I've been asked to call because I understand you've got some UK people who listen to your show. Um, you know me, I'm Matt Miller, uh, crazy comic book creator, is it a movie, is it a book, did I finish the book before we started the movie, who gives a shite, it's all the same. Anyway, um, I'm putting on a wee show in London and I've invited some of my friends, uh, it's in April, April 9th and 10th in uh, London Business Design Centre, it's going to be a really big show, we're trying to bring, trying to bring some of the elements of other shows from the States over here because we never really had a big comic con before. So we got John Romita Jr. flying in on his own dime. Sexy, sexy John Romita Jr. Let's face it, you would, wouldn't you? Lenil Yu will be there. Jonathan Ross will be there. Dave Gibbons. Frank Quietly probably signing lots of absolute super, all-star supermans to newbies. Brian Hitch will be there. Coy Pell will be there. Paul Colnell will be there. Jock will be there. Andy Diggle. Steve Dillon will be there. And understand you've got quite a few forumites that are going to be there. Elemental from the forums will be there. Uh, who else have we got here? Ed Sapien will be there. Darker Knight will be there. Taylor Peffers will be there. Uh, Jay Stringer is um, hopefully going to be there. Uh, Simon Paul Price 
artist Simon Paul Price will be there. Matt Burden and Vern Griffiths from the Matinee Idols podcast will also be there. Uh, loads of people, just lots and lots of people. Um, uh, hopefully it's going to be a really good time, so I hope you will support us. I've got here on a piece of paper as well that you've got a listener by the name of New Mutant, um, and it says here apparently with all this British tale in one place, he'll probably put down some money and fly over uh, just for the show. I hope that is the case because uh, we hope to see you. Not quite sure what that means. I don't know if I should be afraid or not, but uh, that'll be great. Hope to see you. It's called Kapow. It's on April 9th and 10th, and it's going to be a good time. So um, from Crazy Mark Miller, uh, get out of my swamp. Grab your torch and pitchforks, Mark Miller. Goodbye. All right, wait, let, let's talk some comics, okay? All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it, dude. Can you I got me all burnt. Yes, you can yeah. go first. All right. all right, I want to do quick hits. I want to do something. Bring, bring, I'm dusting uh, something off. Quick blam! I can do quick hits. Because the fucking the 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 comic industry is nothing if not a a a cauldron of new number one issues every yes, month. Yes, right? it's very <laughs> odd that you suggested this. You and I think okay. along the same lines because I was I was reading some first issues and I thought, man, it'd be nice to do a couple of really All sharp right, and poignant. Yeah, so let's do it. All right, cool. So do we want to do a little round robin, or we just want me to hit hit my? I mean, how you want to do it? Well, we could do a round robin. Chris okay. would probably you know. Well, I'll start off with uh, Chris, what. <laughs> I'll start off with the first one, probably the one I enjoyed the most, and uh, this is the one I think Vince may have uh, read as well. Um, okay. And actually, it's, it's the first two issues are out, and I read both issues, but I'm going to count it because I didn't. We have, I don't think we've talked about the first issue yet. Uh, Jennifer Blood, one and two. Ah. Mm, is that a boom book? No, it's a uh, Avatar book. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't get it. Warren Ellis? No, I didn't. No, it, no, 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 not Warren Ellis. And then Garth? Oh, Garth Ennis, I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Enus. I didn't get them. Enos, yeah. Uh, it's dynamite. It's, it's dynamite. Dynamite. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I... Adriano Batista. Oh, nice. Okay, simple premise. Uh, not you know he's not uh, he's not breaking uh, new ground here. But then again, what what kind of fictional ideas really do break new ground? Um, Jennifer Blood is a uh, seemingly mild mannered, uh, super stay at home mom, blonde, hot. She's got a kind of a dorky bird watching husband who uh, seems like a good guy, though. You know, he's very doting and that sort of thing. And she's uh, reciprocates that. But, you know, he's a bad lay. And, you know, he's kind of just like the average you mentioned guy, but she kind of tolerates it and puts on a good show. She's got a couple kids. Um, but uh, during the course of her daily life, she's always thinking about what she has to do to prepare for her uh, post dinner plans, which is uh, that of a ultra badass assassin. So Ooh. she she actually mixes uh she actually mi mixes Valium and other knockout drugs into her kids and husbands uh, hot cocoa <laughs> nice. at night to knock them out. Love it. And I then puts it. on black leather and a black wig and goes out and assassinates people in Damn. very graphic ways. And the awesome thing is, um, it's not just like random uh, mercenary. You find out pretty quickly that the people she's killing, she's she's got a relationship with, and she's killing them for a reason. Now you don't know exactly what the reason is, but you know that she's got an agenda, and uh, it's uh, it's really good, man. I mean, uh, it's right up your alley, Vince, in that it's super graphic, very sexual, um, and the the. I'm cheating a little bit because this is number one hits, but the number two issue opens up where this big fat gangster is on the uh, at the um, the the bow of his yacht, and he's got his his girlfriend, wife, whatever, uh, naked in front of him, straight out of like Titanic, you know? Oh, and, really? Uh, 
her arms are out, and it's like the whole, you know, the Titanic scene, only he is plowing into her from nice. behind. Nice. I would have written uh, that scene. And wait, but here's the thing. And he's got, <laughs> he's plowing into her from behind, and he's, this is where we lose listeners, and he's got his fingers around in front of her, grabbing her nose and pulling it back. So she's oh, making, like, pig sounds oh, while he's plowing her out. <laughs> it's awesome. It's Sign awesome. me up. And the, the intro, the uh. intro of the the issue is my heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, only, awesome. the only thing I'm thinking is for for those those couple listeners out there that listen to uh, Vince talking about Cross that are like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, yeah, I, know. I don't know. The, this show maybe not my cup. Of, <laughs> maybe I'll come back and listen to the next right. one. So right. so so Jason, thank you for for keeping the uh, the flag <laughs> waving well, there. Well, what I was going to say is this is the Forbidden Zone episode. He starts off talking nice things about Bendis now. Now you're going into dirty, skeevy, nasty territory. What am I going to talk about? Disney? Uh, yeah, the Smurfs. Hey. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it other than to say that the first two issues were a treat. Um, I don't think it's a limit. It, it may be a limited. I should know this. It may be a limited series. I'm not sure offhand, but uh, I hope it isn't because it was a lot of fun. And uh, it's just NS being NS, you know, just uh, over yeah. the top ridiculousness but but smart dialogue she's a cool character like i said like she's in the middle of her her daily mom activities but you know every now and then she'll be making a checklist and it'll be like uh you know take billy to practice um you know make sure i have enough c4 for tonight you know it's like so it's just you know it's 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 very well done so far so i it was just uh, one of those guilty pleasure books kind of along the same lines of uh Maybe like the boys when it was first coming out or something like that before. What was what was the movie a few years back? Uh, I had Samuel L. Jackson and the uh, the gal who was um, had lost her memory, but then it comes back. Oh, the long she, kiss good night. Long yeah, kiss good night. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. It yeah, kind of sounds like uh, an Ennis version of that. Hmm. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, she knows who she is. Like she's got a clear agenda. She something about her past is making her take out these specific people. Um, but like, yeah, there's something to it that she is obviously, she's an awesome, well-trained assassin and she's got like a cache of weapons hidden in her basement that her family doesn't know about and all the stuff. And, and, and you presumably, she didn't just, you know, learn this through watching the internet. So she must've been trained at some point of being able to do all this stuff. Although nobody, you know, would suspect. So yeah, there's, there's probably a little bit of that in there, but yeah, good stuff so far. So right, who's, who's, who's got something? Who's got a number one to talk about? I got something. It's it's not only a number one; it's a one shot. Okay, Do- doesn't get any more limited than that. It's from Image Comics. Oh, written by Mr. Mark Kidwell and Jay Photos. Oh, Jay. Script script by Mark Kidwell. Jay Pen Photos, eight- the amazing colorist on Lock and Key. Well, listen up, because pen and inks by Jeff Zornow and color by Jay Photos. Jeff oh, Zorn now is a uh, a longtime Cadence. He's one of Paolo's first uh, first uh, artists he ever repped. Right, and he's really good. Um, lettering by Jason Arthur. It was three ninety nine. It's extra long. It's called Tyrannosaurus Rex. Anybody oh, yeah. get this? Yeah, I didn't get it, but yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, it's I thought, it's yeah. it's pretty damn good. Simple premise. Art uh, Balthazar was talking about this on it, AC a couple weeks ago, and his kids loved it. On what? The the premise is very simple. We have a tribe of cavemen. Well, they're not cavemen because they don't live in caves. We have a tribe of uh, prehistoric man called the Takana who are plagued by a particularly pernicious predator. Uh, See what Stan did to me? Yeah. It's it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it, it just keeps... You know, bombing their village, attacking, destroying their village, carnage all over the place. And the leader of the uh, Takana 
surveys his people and tells them, I'm too old. I can't deal with this anymore. One of you please step up, kill this damn beast, and you can have the hand of my granddaughter, the, the ultra hot Tila, I think her name is, in what passes for marriage. And, and that's just basically the setup. We have uh, a guy who steps up because Tila's pretty damn hot, and he's seriously outgunned, but he si decides to take on the T-Rex anyway because, you know, he's a horned dog. He wants the woman. Well, I won't spoil it. It's because it's, it's a one-shot. It's it's very good. The the art is spectacular. Uh, we we've said this before. You can always uh, assess the merits of an artist if they do dinosaurs well. They probably do everything well, like Kaluda and Pound and Stout and this um, Zimmerman or I'm sorry Zornow. He's fantastic. Uh, and you get a bunch of different kind of dinosaurs. You got obviously the T Rex. You got a Triceratops in here. You got the goofy feathered dinosaurs that were in Jurassic Park. The real nasty little ones that swarm. They're in here. Uh, there's a giant squid. Come on, a giant squid in here fighting a T Rex. It's just good fun. It's it's a little brutal. There's a lot of a little bit of blood in it, but it's got a, a good heart. And for those of you with the old well, dinosaurs and and humans didn't exist simultaneously. I I say the nay because there's a, a there's a panel in this book. Uh, the the natives are doing this little ritual, and up in the sky you can see two moons. So this is not Earth. This planet may have evolved differently. That's all I'm saying. So they can exist together. But pterodactyls swarming a T-Rex? Money in the bank. This, this thing is beautiful. Cool. It, has a, it has a slight, well, obviously, beset air to it because uh, ah, yeah. th there are a couple um, splash pages that the signature, I, I could have sworn it was besets, but when you look at it, it says, uh, Zornow must be destroyed. And um, his... <laughs> His inks are nowhere near as loose as Bissett's. They're very tight, very beautiful. Uh, mm -hmm. Thick and thin. You got some nice feathering going on. Tila's hot ass. The, uh, the uh, flora and fauna are all beautifully rendered. It's just a, a really good book for the money. It's, like I said, $3.99. You don't have to buy anything else. And there may be more one-shots in the future. That's all I'm saying. Cool. Yeah, I, I you love, love big monster comics. In fact, you're always lamenting there aren't enough of them. I do, and the cover is is fantastic because the T-Rex is red, and it's a close-up of the T-Rex's eye, and you see Tila screaming, uh, obviously running away in the eye, and the shadows are done in muted blue-greens, so against the red and magentas of the, of the scales, it's really sharp. It pops. It's a beautiful cover, and there's a, a chase, uh, like a, a pencil cover for, I guess, the uh, 1 in 10 of the, of the same thing, so it's cool. And it's from Image, so you know it's good. Cool. Bam. It's a nice quick hit. I know. For me. Yeah, it's good. You shop called sad. I know, right? He hates quick hits. It's like, oh. It's like, oh. <laughs> Tear up the notes I had written. Oh, I wanted to. David, have you ever used Evernote? Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm starting that this week. I like it a lot. Yeah? I, I, I've, I've, I've like abandoned it. my uh, Mac journal. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's nice, but. I tend Sal, to Sal's the big Evernote guy. Uh, I've used Evernote. I've used Simple Note. I, I tend to um, lean towards uh, SpringPad more or less. But oh, I, I didn't do, try that. SpringPad I like because I, you can kind of customize it a little bit, make give, give it a theme, but it'll work with um, your iPad, your iDevice, your, your yeah, yeah, this pad. too. But the yeah. thing I like about this is you can do all your notes local yep. and yep. then kick them to the server, the and so you, 
So everywhere you have your yep. notes, which is cool yep. because if I have downtime at work, I can do a little bit of research, typey type, pop it up on the server, and I got it at home. It's awesome. What yeah. a man. I like it. Look at there you. you a couple wasn't when I met you, you didn't even have a cell phone. Now look at you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all because right? of the Mac. There you Love go. The Mac. Love it. Anyone else got another, another number one issue? They want to throw a number one issue? No. I get, all right. got a kind of, but you, you go, Dap. I don't know. I don't have one. I, I have a number two issue. I'm going to talk about that with Jason. Yeah, I you, gotta, are. Oh. you are. Tr- trust me. I there is not a lot I read last week, so I'm I'm kind of just I'm I'm um, I'm the well, spectator Chris. this week, throwing shit here and there. Chris, uh, you got, you go, uh, and then I got one. Another okay. One. I've got I've got an OGN, so it's not. It's not a number one, um, but it is an OGN that Taking comes out. liberties with this number one. Honestly, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. <laughs> Quick hit. Um, what, what I would say is um, go go check out this week's uh, iFanboy Don't Miss episode. I had a chance like to... Like clockwork. Uh, Two birds, one stone. <laughs> ABC, baby. Always be close. And, oh, goodness. Uh, um I had. When, I had are you, when, when are you recording the next American comics? So this way, I know when you're reading something for our show specifically next time. <laughs> uh, go go check out this week's I Fanboy Don't Miss. I had a really nice conversation with Wilfred Santiago, who is the um, the artist and and writer of a new original graphic novel that's coming out from Fanagraphics this week called Twenty One: The Story of Roberto Clemente. And so, you know, I'm 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 hoping. Hopefully, you know, touching everybody on this show because, you know, I got the fan of graphics for, for Vince and I know that yes. he's going to dig on that. And, you know, we got, you know, the baseball for, for Jason, you know, and David just play along with me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have to be honest, you know me, uh-huh. not, a, not a huge baseball fan. I, my interest was piqued. I saw some preview uh, pages from that and they look very good. Yeah. Yeah. God, it looks so nice. Um, The folks at Fanographics were kind enough after I, you know, I, 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 uh, emailed them and 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 asked them um, uh, if we could you know do this do this interview and they were kind enough to send me a full preview of it and so I, I did have a chance to to read it um, before before I talked with Wilfred I'm going to buy the um, uh, buy the graphic novel because it was it was gorgeous it is a just amazing story I don't know if people know. I mean, we're getting to the point that I, I think that this generation may not know who. Oh Christ! Roberto I should Clemente. hope they are. I mean, you know, I, I think people may know of him, but not really know the story. Right. Um, Roberto Clemente was probably one of the two or three most exciting baseball players of the 1960s. It's like he and you know Willie Mays, and and then maybe like Mickey Mantle. Um, to an extent, um, Lou Brock, I got to throw a cardinal in there. But uh, Clemente was an amazing, amazing defender. I think he won something like eleven or twelve consecutive Gold Gloves in the in, in the outfield. He was uh, one of the one of the pure hitters in baseball. Uh, just an amazing talent, and and just just kind of a perfect baseball player. Um, spent his entire career. Oh hush. Hush dogs spent his um, entire career in Pittsburgh uh, with the Pirates, and um, his career and his life were were cut short in 
in in pretty pretty dramatic ways. Um, one one of the interesting things is that the very last hit of his career was his three thousandth hit, which anyone who follows baseball knows that 3,000 hits is, is a pretty big deal. At the time, he was only the 11th baseball player in the history of the sport to record 3,000 hits, and he did that in the very last at-bat of his career. And he was, I mean, he was he had been playing for a while. Um, he probably could have played quite a bit longer, but he was born and raised in Puerto Rico in in, in relative poverty, um, and, and I think he always always remembered that you know never forgot his roots and there was um uh, a, a huge earthquake in and i'm probably going to get the country wrong i want to say like nicaragua and he put together a group of of um uh humanitarians uh with uh, uh humanitarian aid and supplies to to go uh to this you know earthquake um uh rattled country um well the plane went down and he died and this was right after it's like two seasons not even two seasons after he was the mvp of the world series so the guy's career was obviously cut short he would have continued to play and maybe been you know one of the top 10 greatest players of all time um so this this graphic novel touches on that but it's really about his life and and coming up you know in puerto rico he started his baseball career in in canada his professional baseball career and so you're looking at the united states and canada and puerto rico in the late 50s early 60s during a lot of uh racial um you know civil rights uh issues and and, and the civil rights movement and there's also a lot of the the politics in the caribbean at the time and what was going on with puerto rico with them being a commonwealth of the united states while everything is going on in cuba so there's a lot going on there so it, it was it it's it's an amazing story about an amazing man in a really amazing time in world history and you just kind of get wrapped up in this in this whole in this whole book and it's beautiful so pick it, it's awesome go get it, it it's wow. my early it's my early pick for for graphic novel of the year wow it's oh as boy. much as i loved cuba my revolution this is is step for step right there with it i mean it is it is a powerful book it's 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 heartwarming it's it's beautifully illustrated i'm i'm i, I was kind of blown away by it it's really so, really good i guess you could say that clemente just scored 3001 and it was a homer uh, yeah, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. Ah, come on. We could yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if we were trite. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And what's wild about it is that I had no idea, but uh, Wilfred Santiago, who uh, the creator of the book, lives like uh, like 12 blocks from me. Huh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, he's a shit. that surprising, but. Yeah. Nice. No, he's actually up in Evanston. So, okay. Yeah, think, right. He actually lives under a nicer zip code, I think. But uh, right, no, well, uh, I was all set to give you shit because this was, by definition, not a quick hit, but it sounds very good. <laughs> And it yeah. sounds like it was legitimate, so I'm going to look at yeah, that. But on that. It's you cool. got to overlook it because of the enthusiasm. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he brought it. He brought it. So I think but, and it, it's it's like twenty two ninety nine is the cover price, but I think you can get it on Amazon for, for like for like thirteen bucks. And man, it is it is thirteen bucks well spent. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I okay. Do it. Do it. I just want to do some quick hits. I'm just dying to get my quick hits out. Then we can do long form Vince talk. That one I can talk about. I just want to get these things out of the way. I wanted it to be. Go quick. ahead. Go ahead. Thank, right thank. Okay. Do it, brother. Four, four number one issues. Uh, Vince touched on one last week. It's really, I don't think, worth spending too much time on. Uh, hey, now. Was, what? What was it? But I was really excited for it, and so I'm a little <laughs> disappointed. Um, and that is the the rebirth of Cross Gen, Sigil number oh. one. Oh. That's, uh, that, I'm, by, I'm looking forward to the other one. Yeah, written other by Mike one. Carey, uh, pencils by Leonard Kirk, inks by Ed Tadeo. Um, now, Vince, it pretty it, at least. Well, if I'm not no. mistaken, last week didn't you specifically yeah. call out the, the art? You specifically called it out, didn't you? I, yeah, I didn't care for it too much, and I like Kirk. It's just yeah. it, there's 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 a sticky sweetness to it. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's it's. I agree. It's it's uh you know Kirk can be a little bit of a chameleon depending on who inks him and what the style of the book is. Yeah. Um, this is really kind of straightforward. It takes place in a high school for the most part, so um, very bright colors. So I could see it wouldn't be up Vince's alley. I didn't have a tremendous issue with the art, although it certainly didn't light, light me on fire. But I just really felt like the story was a, a blase first first open, like wow. a cold open for the for the relaunch of Cross Gen. Like it, it uh, most of the book is about this young girl who is the new sigil bearer, and you don't really get much of a sense of her. I don't think, uh, or or what really she's she's just a typical high school student until all of a sudden, bam, um, she spoilers. But if you don't want to know, uh, she wakes up and uh, she's transported into a um, a pirate ship. In the 1600s, and she clearly has. Uh, they recognize her, but but it's a. It's, this is a younger version of her. So at some point later in her life, she becomes uh, presumably the captain of this pirate group. But she's not the captain yet. So she's like, well, what am I doing here? Who am I? And and that sort of thing. So um, just again, just kind of fell flat. Didn't didn't really float my boat. Um, you know, they, I, I, they mix in El Cazador with uh, Sigil. Well, I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, I don't know where they're going with it. You read Sigil, mm. though. You said you read it last week, so, I mean. Uh, I read, yeah, meaning. The preview pages? Or? I, yeah, the preview oh, pages. Okay. I, I, yeah, I didn't read the whole thing because I didn't buy See, it. Yes, that's, that's a bummer. I mean, because I never read any cross-gen from back in the day, and mm -hmm. if anything was going to make me look through this, it would have been the Leonard Kirk art. And I know exactly what you mean, Jason, because the Leonard Kirk that did the Agents of Atlas mini is a different Leonard Kirk that did uh, Captain Britain in MI-13, and, yes. and he's really good at what he does. And he's kind of like Stuart Eminem, where it's just like, hey, okay, that that's cool artwork, and I, it's neat that that's the same artist, but right, I, right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that the art wasn't all that hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I didn't, I didn't have as much of an issue with the art as Vince did, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to pull out what I thought was a fairly mediocre okay. book. Um, I've got I've got high hopes for Ruse. Yeah, me too. Me too. I do too. Yeah. And I really did enjoy Ruse when it came out originally. Is too. Wade writing that? Or yeah. yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, um, uh, Ruse was my favorite cross gen book. I loved it. Butch is not penciling it though. No, He's no, just no I don't think so. No. No. God, I wish. Oh, man, He's so yeah. Good. You're not kidding. You are He's, not kidding. He's so good. Yep. Especially, especially, and man, Mike Perkins is is definitely his own artist, especially now. But oh God, Mike Perkins inking Butch Geis is fucking awesome. Peanut, See, I don't think butter I, and jelly. I don't think Butch has ever. I know we can talk about artists that have have, have 
come into their own and, and their early days are kind of hard to look mm-hmm. at. And But, I mean, from back doing Southern Nights and Micronauts and, and the X-Men right. versus Micronauts. Resurrection just, Man. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's it, you can tell it's it's guys and it's always been nice it's always been really always. Yeah, it's, always been, nice. it's always been hell it's always, yeah. well guys has had an interesting career because he 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 seems to float pretty effortlessly between penciling stuff or mm-hmm. or inking other people's stuff yeah. and it's yeah. you don't see that a lot these days at, at all you know you don't you don't really see guys just float back and forth pretty quickly guys kind of get paid yeah. as yeah. one or the other yeah. um, or they ink themselves or yeah so it um it, it's interesting i agree i mean i i think he's kind of one of those guys i think that's perpetually underrated i think because a lot of people just kind of yeah, use totally. him as an yeah. uh, oh, anchor or fill-in yeah. artist yeah yeah god we, we were we were at uh new york comic-con last year and uh and and uh our, our buddy uh our buddy chris um yeah, well, yeah, Chris Campbell bought uh, bought a, a Butch guy's Captain America page. That's right. That's that right. Was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah and he right. got it for a song. And I'm See, like, here you go. This is for oh. you, Chris. The guys uh-huh. reminds me a little bit of like Lee Mazzilli, where he's just he'll be wherever you need him to be, and he's going to do a fantastic job regardless. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you know, and I like I like Steve Epstein a lot. I think Epstein's a fantastic artist, but but Epstein and Butch guys are, you know. I think they're I think they're really comparable, like really comparable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I would have uh, said well, that. you know, and 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 Epstein, you know, people freak out about Epstein. I'm like, man, Butch Geis is, in my opinion, as much of a draw art wise as, as Epstein is, and and that's a compliment to both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that. I do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so there. Nice. Good. <laughs> I like that. I like when the quick hit has an actual dynamic. There you go. That's nice. See that? Okay, Vince, an image one for you. Yay. Oh, you're breaking. Oh, now you're breaking. Oh, killing me. This is the first first issue of a three-issue limited series by Image, which is why Vince is giddy. Um, Carbon Gray. I I ordered this site unseen um, just because it was Image. DCBS had a good discount, and I figure I'm I'm a def- I'm usually one to try almost any new Image book, uh, at least the first issue. Um, the art very very um, illustrated, um, kind of like more out of a uh, a video game cutscene than a than what you expect of a comic book. Um, very detailed. I- I'll say this about it. I guess the best way to characterize it, it's not the kind of art style i would traditionally prefer that said though it's really well done i mean it's 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 if you have an aversion to like computer generated looking stuff that's probably not up your alley but i have to say i think it's really well done and is done in a way that it doesn't take away from the storytelling aspect i mean it's it's this is clearly a guy that knows how to do sequentials um, and it's not stiff. It's you know, it, there's a lot of dynamism to it. Um, you know, the facial features, the movement is all there. So, I, you know, I have to say, it's 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 uh, it was kind of a unique experience in that regard. Because um, because if you if you were to like page through the book, you'd say, oh wow, this is really almost like C- CGS CGI. But but it's it's really not. It's much more expressive than that. So I have to give them credit. Um, the story is basically a futuristic, or it may even be another world. I don't know. But uh, uh, it's a world at war. Um, and there are uh, a trio of gray sisters that are in charge of protecting the king, the the monarch. Um, but for there's always three sisters. Uh, I guess presumably when one dies, another is born. But for some reason, um, that long cycle breaks, and uh, twins are born, and that throws things into chaos. And the twin is uh, 
somewhat of a revolutionary, and she decides it's her destiny to end the monarchy. And uh, she is a badass. She wrecks shop. So you're seeing a little theme here with my books this week. She, she's uh, <laughs> she's not. She wields a sword. She wields a gun, and she is a fan of decapitation. And she just wrecks wrecks shop uh, throughout the uh, the castle, and it's like a dirigible and stuff. But um, there's also a little titillation. Uh, there's a one of the sisters shows up uh, trying to uh, bed a uh, a spy that they're trying to get information from, and she rolls into his bedroom with the most obscene big booty and giant knockers you've ever seen. But what's interesting <laughs> is that it's it's uh, it's 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 fake. It's uh, it's like a prosthesis that she uses to her advantage because he falls asleep in her cleavage and it was planned by her because she has an anesthetic in the cleavage and she uh she <laughs> ends up <laughs> when he when he comes to when he comes to she's standing there and she's much more traditionally proportioned and he's like what happened and she's like you didn't think they were real did you and uh and, and meanwhile his face is all deformed from the anesthetic that was in her cleavage and uh, she got the information from him uh it uh, it, it was interesting um it's only, like I said, a three-issue series, so I presume if it's successful, they'll tell more stories in this world. But uh, it's pretty cool. It was, uh, it was, you know, kind of a future, like I don't know, if steampunk's the right word. More like it felt sort of like the kind of story you might read in a Final Fantasy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, book kind yeah, of uh, heavy metal story, kind of. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, but it was cool. Like I said, it was three issues, so I'm, I'm definitely going to give the second and third one a try. Um, you know, hey. I'm not. Did you read it, Vince? <laughs> I held back because because it was a three issue series. Yeah, I'm just going to grab the trade when it comes out. And and fair to say, if you looked at the preview art, it's not typically your your style, right? I mean, that's no. Not- I I I liked it. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of um, Paulo Parente's uh, what's it called? Yes, dust, that dust yes. series yep. that he's got going on. Yeah. Um, not hyper realistic, but very painterly, very detailed. Um, yeah, I I really liked what I saw. So that's it's on the two buy trade list. Right, but, okay. but you know, because it wasn't a five issue or a four issue, I figured three. I'm just going to get the trade. Why bother yeah. with these? No, that's issues? cool. That's cool. Yeah. Plus, you never know. You sometimes you always talk about you buy the the singles, and it takes forever for them to finish up. So this true. Oh, I knew what I wanted to tell you. That oh, bad dog number four comes out this week. I know. Yes. I know. I'm shocked. <laughs> it's, it's shocking, actually. Wow. There you go. I guess we're in. Be- I guess we're in between uh, 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 generator rec seasons. <laughs> nice. That's, oh, right. that's awesome, dude. Hey man, hey man, you you got You got to make it while you can, man. It's true. Oh, I'm not disputing that, but I mean, you know, I, I I'm I've had that book pre-ordered for what a year now, two years. Yeah. Oh. You got to give props to uh, Man of Action because in a in an arena where long-running uh, animated shows may be top three seasons maybe four mm-hmm. uh their shows have been going for a long time well you're right i mean ben 10's what it's got to be i mean between ben 10 the original now and now alien force yep. and then yep. i mean um, ultimate I mean, alien yeah they, a long it's been, time i mean i don't know Go for boys. sure but seven eight make nine that green, Makes that green <laughs> boys i don't okay. blame them i don't I'm blame them. them i'm rooting for them absolutely so uh, jason you have another one yeah, quickly, going, jumping back to the House of Ideas, Venom number one, probably the most hyped of the number ones that I wanted to talk about. Um, gr- obviously, the creative team, right up uh, many of our alley, Rick Remenda writing, Tony Moore, pencils. Uh, Danny and Tony Mark. will be at C2E2 this weekend. <laughs> true, true indeed. Um, I, can I spoil who Venom is? Can we? Yeah, do, do it. 
Do it. Yeah. Okay. David, you okay with that? Yeah. Ben Riley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, Venom is uh, Venom is a super spy in this book. Uh, he is he is uh, Flash Thompson, the now legless Flash Thompson has uh, is inhabiting the uh, symbiote. That's um, kind of cool. Yeah, Flash yeah. is a soldier. He lost his legs in um, in actually a great single issue of uh, of Spider Man from a few years yeah. ago. He, yep, he, he lost his legs in a, the it was the Iraq it was the Iraqi conflict, right? I don't know if they yeah. actually yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes back to work for the government. Um, they've they've got the situation. It's kind of a cool premise. It's a little bit like Spawn, where um, where basically they figured out they can at least they think they figured out that they can have a host wear the 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 symbiote for for no more than forty eight hours. Um, without if if they if they wear it for more than forty eight hours they'll bond to him and also a total of twenty times so it's kind of like if if this series takes the off countdown. successful yeah. yeah you know that theoretically you'll have other people inhabiting the suit which is kind of cool what can you say about the art I mean Tony Mork is he's in he's a can't miss for me so the art's perfect um, Spawn goes up against a very devious. <laughs> Uh, a, a jack o' lantern, which is awesome. You know, the guy is probably the most dangerous jack o' lantern you've ever seen. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, I will say, I, I liked the first issue. I didn't necessarily love it. Um, and I think that's just because I'm not a huge, like, I would have not bought this book at all had I heard, like, Venom. I'm like, a Venom ongoing is not something I would normally have jumped on. But because of Remender and because of more, they convinced, you know, th- that team convinced me to give it a try. And I'll stick with it because of them, but because they have a lot of fun with it. But again, I'm just not a huge Venom fan. Like I think that that's just not just not my cuppa typically. So, your 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 '90s love is definitely towards the the X verse and not the totally, Spider verse. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, like I loved the parts where it's like Flash and he's being a spy, but where he starts to quote unquote lose control and you start seeing the old Venom face pop up and the big muscles. Like that's where I'm like, oh, here we go again, Venom. You know. So <laughs> where's so, Carnage? Yeah, so so as long as Remender is at the helm telling zany stories where he's a spy, I can get with it. But if if they go out too quickly to the thing where like Venom starts taking control of Flash and he's fighting it, and it's like then you know that'll probably lose interest to me. So so far I'm on board, but it's not something that I you know it's it's probably got a, a short a short leash for me if it if it goes in a direction that I that it could quickly go into. Um, and then uh, the last one, and Vince, maybe you read this one. It's another Image comic, uh, The Intrepid's number one. I bought it, didn't get it yet. You didn't get it yet? Really? No, it didn't come in my box yet. Or did huh. it? it? Well, it, I got it. So. Yeah, oh, I must have. It must be on the stack here. I do have it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyone else read this? No. Sure. Uh, Kurt, I don't know the creative team at all before this. Curtis Weeb. I may be saying his name wrong, but W-I-E-B-E uh, is the writer. Scott Kowalchuk is the... Uh, he did all the illustration. And uh, I guess Justin Scott did the coloring. Um, cool premise. It's uh, basically a bunch of um, I don't know if you misfits is the word, but it's it's four very different people that are uh, brought together as part of a group, and their job is to take down mad scientists. And this is a world where mad scientists abound, and they're the evil. They're the e- they're the evil that threatens all of humanity, and and uh, so it's kind of like I guess. Um, it gave me a little vibe of like a science version of the Perhapanauts for those that are familiar with the series. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, it was cool. It, the the art's very simple. Uh, it, uh, it it's it's um it's again it reminded me of the Perhapanauts. Uh, you know it, it's uh, it, it it does the job, but I don't think that's the 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 lead. Um, the story was cool though. They fight a giant cyber cybernetic bear, which uh, you know there's there's super baboons. Um, there's fake limbs. 
There are hot chicks in rocket jet packs. So, you know, there's a lot of the uh, the cool sci-fi tropes that you'd uh, like to see. This uh, this group of intrepids, as they're called, are, um, are are very, you can tell they're very close. They live in the same house. They grew up together, um, even though they're all from different backgrounds. So uh, it's cool. It's the first issue. It sets the table. They have, you know, there's plenty of action, but they set the table for the first big bad, which is this evil scientist named Dante, who is... Um, uh, or, I mean, Doctor Coy, who is their their mentor, Dante's former partner, and now he's he's presumably like the Moriarty to to Dante's um, uh, Sherlock, and they are at the end of this issue, right about to sort of confront uh, Doctor Coy for the first time. So, um, a lot of fun, you know. Again, um, hard to hard to hard to say after one issue what what it's going to ultimately turn out to be, but uh, but pretty cool. And there's a a um, there's an afterward by the uh, writer and artist, and the writer's very open about the fact that he got this idea when he was going through a very bad time with his marriage, and that um, as his marriage broke down over the course of that year, it actually made him turn this book into, just instead of being like a wacky sci-fi book, into a book where the protagonist, the intrepids, are very close-knit and like a family, and it kind of gave it a little bit of heart that uh, wasn't there in the initial drafts, and it was driven largely from the fact that as he was going through his divorce, he realized that, you know, family and friends and, and are, you know, get through the tough times. So, you know, there's some heart to this book, which which I think is the missing ingredient to a lot of these, sometimes these books that uh, kind of go out there and try, and try and tell what's somewhat of a familiar trope, and, and, and this book had that. So, um, yeah, I give that one a thumbs up. I would recommend it. I think originally titled Rat Bastards, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Correct. Cool. Jason's bringing it. I'm, good. I'm, I'm all washed out now. I'm done. I got I got all my my quick hits out of the way. That's cool because I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> have you, have you... Hey there, my name is Matt, and I'm calling you on behalf of LRG Marketing. I believe I spoke with someone from your company in the past about some marketing services we offer, and I had something new that I thought would be right up your alley. We have an unlimited dialer and lead system that gives you unlimited outbound calling five to ten times faster than you can do manually with unlimited targeted leads for one low flat rate per month. For around $10 per day, you can have web-based access to this solution that pretty much generates instant business. I would like to discuss this with you when you have a moment. So please call me at 1-800 when you have time to discuss this matter. You can also leave a voicemail if I do not answer, and I will make sure to call you right back. Again, my number you can reach me at is 1-800. This is in regards to an unlimited dialer and lead system for your business. Thank you. Have you all been reading Detective at all? What's that? Uh, I mean to. I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about it, but I, I have not been. No. Scott Snyder is... I, I, he is a guy to watch. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I've really enjoyed. Uh, also, going to be at C two E two, by the way. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, American Vampire, and was excited to uh, to read his Detective Comics. I got the first issue, and then I let the next four uh, kind of pile up. You know, I was still getting them, but uh, uh, for whatever reasons, I, okay, I'm going to read this as a chunk. Well, I sat down on Sunday and and read the uh, the next four issues, nice. and I, you know, as much as I have have liked a lot of what Morrison has done with Batman because his take is is pretty unique to to the Batverse. It's it's different than what you're going to get in a lot of stuff. Um, I like my Batman to be 
a detective. Uh, I like the gadgets. I like a little James Bond mm. in in my in my Batman. Um, and, and and Scott Snyder, he 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 embraces that. You've you've got great gadgets. You've got uh, some nice detective work. You have the uh, the the seedy underbelly of Gotham. Uh, all of that is is a part of of his his Batverse and and Detective. I haven't been reading uh, Batman and Robin. I need to catch up on it. But um, if you like the the Gotham Batman, which is is Dick Grayson now, as um, you guys can fill me in on on Batman Inc. a little bit later because I need to catch up on it as well. But if you like the Gotham Commissioner Gordon Alfred Batman. That's that's what this is, but it's Dick Grayson. So you get an interesting little wrinkle. It's it's definitely not Bruce Wayne. It, it's Dick Grayson. So you, it's a it's a different personality. He's still trying to live up to the mantle of being Gotham's Batman, and that's that's part of it. But it is everything that I want in a Batman book, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, uh, the the jock artwork has been just mind, mind blowingly good. Yeah. It is so so beautiful. Now, Chris, um, how does it compare to to the jock that we love from the Losers? Is it a little less graphic, like a little more, more um, finished? It's, it's um, no, no. It's actually not. It's a little grittier. Uh, okay. It's it's darker. It's um, I would say it's it's maybe even a little bit more unfinished, but that oh, adds to um, it's it's. I mean, it's um, the losers. Almost everything was was um, during the day. If you think mm-hmm. about that book, everything was you know in sunlight and a lot of tropical locations and that kind of stuff. He still you know kind of you know a trademark of his style is real heavy blacks and and use of shadow. So you know take that you know hyper shadow from from a sunlight environment and then uh, move it into 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 night scenes, alley scenes, you know, dark warehouses at two in the morning kind of stuff. And it's really dark and gritty looking. Uh his Batman is beautiful. There's one splash page where he's kind of leaping from the new watchtower where uh um um uh Barbara Gordon is and it's just this I'm I'm just looking at this page and I'm like it's the art collector in me that's like oh damn that that's going to be expensive uh, when I'm looking <laughs> at it it's just it's gorgeous work but uh, the the not new artists but the um, there's been backups that are uh, done by uh, Franco Fancavilla. No, Francesco. Nice. Yeah, Francesco. Francesco. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Francesco yeah. Cavilla mm-hmm. um, from um, Oh gosh, what was the eight book that he did? Black coat. The black coat. That's right. You yeah. know him from the black coat. Um, he's now doing. And then he doing, did Zorro as well. Nice. Yes. Black yes. Panther, the man without fear. Um, he's doing what? The man without fear. Black Panther, the man without. Fear. Oh, yeah. is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. I need to pick that up because I, re- I really like his. Mm-hmm. I, I really like his work, but um, he's doing the back to America, which was a anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> just for you, baby. I know. Uh, the uh, the the backup was a very interesting story, which has moved from the backup to now it is the the lead story, and oh. so um, Frank Avila is doing the lead art on it now um, for this last issue, which is a uh, more of a Jim Gordon story about uh, about uh, um, uh, uh, James Junior 
uh, if you if you know about that character. But uh, yeah, if you want to see more of uh, Frank Avila's art, um, go check out the uh, the comic Twart blog. But uh, yeah, Detective, interesting, exciting. It's the Batman that I want. It's just a good detective James Bond meets Batman story, and uh, yeah, I'm digging it. Very cool. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna pick that up for sure. Yeah, I might yeah, try and see if I can get. Some. I'm, 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 I'm betting that I can get the recent issues at one of the uh, dealers this weekend. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, if not Scott Snyder's table. So. Ah, true. Yeah. yeah. Although you know, we get a discount there. So. I'm thinking, <laughs> one of the first nails in my DC coffin, uh-huh. what was between, um, the uh, final. Uh, no, what was the crisis before Final Crisis? Infinite crisis. Uh, infinite crisis was between infinite crisis and one year later where yeah. at, at the end of infinite crisis you it's had like four years ago you had dick and barbara getting all lovey-dovey and why didn't yeah. we do this why didn't we just do this before and we were meant to be together and that was the end of infinite crisis era and then when yeah. one year later came back they were like Strangers again. They were on the yeah. outs. Well, and I was like, it, it, it's it, they're, they're playing on that in Detective. There is definitely, of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is a well, like you just said, it was four years ago. So way to pick. Well, about. okay. Here, here's what I was thinking. It's like you know how how Bruce and Selena Kyle have this on again, off again sexual tension. It seems just, to be pretty on again in Batman Inc. Oh, okay. Well, it's on again then. Yeah, uh, it's on. But you know, it's they 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 have this this constantly on again off again relationship. That is that is Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon. They it they're never going to be together because the job is always going to be in the way. Mm-hmm. For one of them, the yeah. job is always going to be in the way, and it's. I mean, she is a big part of of Detective Comics. You know, Dick he, he seeks counsel. For her, he seeks intelligence from her. You know, like actual like operations intelligence. They are part of the same team, and that is always in the background that there is a relationship there. But they neither one of them address it because there's other pressing matters, and that's going to be the relationship that will almost happen forever. And I, I just, yeah, it's 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 yeah. fascinating to me. I love it, but yeah, it's they're they're perpetually doomed to be close to each other but never with each other yeah see i don't i don't like that shit i'm a romantic i i i I actually i actually hate that kind of stuff well no it's 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 moonlighting but it'll (sighs) be you know it's it they're never you know dave and maddie are never gonna are never going to get it on you know it's they're they're never gonna cross that boundary because then all of the tension's gone i don't like tension i'm a dreamer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you're not the only one. That's right. Now, oh, just, now as 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 revealed in uh, in uh, in Hush, does Selena know that Bruce is Batman? Wow. I don't yes. know. Does she? Yes. Yeah, she's known. She's known because um, because the, of the big the, fucking well, reveal in no, Hush. Well, the, the oh yeah, because in Gotham City uh, Sirens, that's, that's yeah, weird, that's right? Yeah, poor David. Uh, poor David. Ivy and uh, and Harley want to um, are pretty much. They're they're pressuring Selena early on in Gotham City Sirens to reveal that uh, who yeah. Batman is. So they they know she knows and and yeah she's she's known hell she's probably known since year one. True, it was, it was back in Hush. Well, she came after year one though. 
Was that after year one? No. No, no, Hush? no. That was no, that was before year one. Hush was before year one? Yes, yes. It was. How oh, could something no. be before year <laughs> one? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> no. Oh no no no. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you, I, I was thinking one year later. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's saying Batman year one. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was thinking one year later, uh, not year one. Pretty much so. the best Batman story ever. Do I want to say ever? I think I could year one. Stand, yeah, ever? I could stand by that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's um, Dark Knight. Um, year one. I, I think are 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 kind of connected at the hip. And, yeah, but visually, you know, year one kicks Dark Knight's ass. Oh, I don't know yes. about that. Uh, as a, as a yeah, Kelly? Yeah, no, there's no, 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 no Miller, Miller may be great and all, and Dark Knight is 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 visually stunning, but it is nothing art wise is better if you're comparing. <sighs> Boy, I mean that's it's kind of apples to oranges for me. It's yeah. they're so different. Mazzucchelli and Miller's styles are so different. There, I, I mean, there I there are so many. Without the art, I cannot read Year One without Mazzucchelli. Dude, I don't know. There are so many iconic images from from uh, from David Dark Letterman? Knight. <laughs> <Dr. Ruth? laughs> what the hell? What is? What's so fascinating? Batman oh, on a horse, Batman. dude. Oh, Batman the, on a horse. The, 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 the kryptonite gloves, you know, oh, kicking, oh, kicking you're right, Superman you're right. in the face. I mean, I, I do, the, cover, the cover to the first issue was... Well, is, that's what I was going to say. I do believe that Miller shot the, uh, shot the load for the covers because all the covers are great. They but are. They there, are. There, there are a lot of hey, interiors. They, they made me buy the book even though at the time I read zero DC books. Yeah, sure. You know, oh my, oh my God, change comics. You know, but year one, I mean, I mean, okay, it's okay. We were talking about Clemente. You're, you're, you're asking me to compare, compare like Roberto Clemente to Willie Mays. I don't it's, understand what you're saying. It both awesome. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I got something else that's awesome. Can I go? Yes, yeah. please. Yes. All right. I, uh, I don't think I have to remind anyone that I'm dis- disgustingly negligent when it comes to. Uh, Online comics, almost, almost, no, ne- are, yeah, know. I almost never uh, indulge. Almost never talk about them. Uh, it's not for. I don't consider them second class comics or or third class. I just don't think of of reading my comics online. It's just not something that naturally occurs for me to do it. Uh, it's not a part I, of your daily routine. No, it's not. Uh, and and um, I was thankfully uh, sent a heads up on the Twitter by Mr. Christopher Rowley, and I do believe Tom Spurgeon over at the uh, Comics Reporter had a little something-something on this uh, webcomic, and uh, for whatever reason, I think I was busy at work, I didn't get a chance to to check it out, and you know, the uh, Comics Reporter, if you don't keep up with that, he puts so much shit up every day yeah. that it's, it, it cycles down, and he doesn't have a great archiving system. Like, if, if you miss it, you're not going to find it. Uh, at least I can't. So, um... The uh, comic is called The Calamity of Challenge, and, and you can find it at Loaf Dish, that's loaf as in bread, dish as in something you eat on, one word, loafdish.blogspot.com. It's uh, art and story by Mr. Matthew Allison. Now, while you guys fire that up, go ahead, I'll wait. Uh, picture Charles Burns, a uh, little bit of Basil Wolverton, uh, Taylor McKimmons, a guy that did the, uh, a just disturbing, delightfully disturbing comic called The Drips for uh, Picture Box. 
uh, Smash Kirby into Cronenberg, a little bit of Chester Brown by way of uh, the uh, icky stickiness of uh, that French company that I love so much, Le Dernier Cree, and you will get this Calamity of Challenge. And uh, it's kind of hard to say if it's called Cancor or Calamity of Challenge, but both titles are on the on the, the website. And it is just, it's amazing. This thing just, not much spins my head around because uh, I have really particular tastes in, in, in comics sometimes. And for me to say, holy shit, I wish I can draw like this guy because, you know, we all know what we like. And this guy draws exactly the way I would like my stuff to look. Mm. Yeah. Well, those, um, that's, that's major praise right there. No, really. Uh, for what that's worth. Uh, ultra rich trapeze artist slash buggy racer. <laughs> Blaine B. Blades with a Z is the pot-bellied cankor, part man, part machine, all horribly distorted and disfigured. you got to see the splash panel on this. That's why I told you to bring it up. Um, the, the first panel showcases Matthew Allison's just gloriously grotesque character design. It's amazing. you got oozing flesh, sloughing off these once-human featured, swollen brains bursting from eye sockets, you have evidence of haphazard surgeries, huge wounds, uh, crisscrossed with stitches and scars, and these the, the, the front of his face is split, kind of like Swamp Things, where you have these crannies of veiny, tendril-like patches, like if you ripped the husk off a, an ear of corn and crossed that with a bowl of spaghetti. You got That's what's like oozing out of this guy's face. And uh, he was once human. I guess the, from what I can tell in the limited amount of pages that were presented, the only thing that's human left to be human is his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got this flesh generator that when, whenever he gets, I guess, into skirmishes or whenever his pseudo flesh starts to decay, he just sticks a body part into this flesh generator and it makes you know nice little arm. But he's horribly misshapen. He's got like this big pot belly and he's got a wrestler's tights on. It, it's really visually unique and stunning. Um, are you looking at it? No? no. Nobody's looking no. at it? Well, I don't want to pull up something while we're... Well, you're not talking. That's okay. Um, no, but it might mess up the Skype, though. Okay, but you at home can do it while you're listening. Loafdish.blogspot.com. Uh, early on, the uh, narrator, who we think is the author, but it's not, uh, kind of bitches and and calls out this canker guy, telling him he's you know a loser and he's not human, he's disgusting. And later on, you find out it's it's a <laughs> an alien called Yarbert of sector 29p and that that plays into the the uh well i don't want to say the end because it's still ongoing but later on in the story it dovetails with the uh narration in the beginning and you got this canker guy driving a hot rod buggy big daddy Roth style with these huge gear shifts you know how they reach up for the gear shifts like uh daddy roth did and the front end is is extended drag race style you got a skull on the front end without a jaw and the eye sockets illuminate the road with this death neon death glare spewing out of the eye. It's so visually, it's so exciting. I wish every comic looked this way. It, it, the art is fantastic, isn't it? Amazing. It really uh, it, is. It's it's got this faux aging to it, where he uses muted 
um, colors to suggest yeah. that this is I'm, this I'm, is I'm an, looking at it now. Th- yeah. This is an old I'm comic, it's maybe beautiful. It's it really gorgeous, is. gorgeous. I love the the hostess parody. No wait. Wow. Uh, so uh, he's heading out to a party, a superhero party, with a bunch of his old friends called the Challenge Acceptors <laughs> at, at a place called the Triumph Mountain. And he runs into a drippy, nasty-ass version of his future self, these huge, gaping, vacant eye sockets are scooped out of this guy's pectoral muscles, and he's got this grinning rictus where his abdomen is. He's Kankor, with two R's, because he's from the future. Uh, who who warns him not to attend the party? Don't do it. Blah, blah, blah. And the story progresses. But the the superhero group, the challenge acceptors. This is some badass character design. Just amazing. You got a guy called Cobra Axe, uh, who is a a man, uh, anthropomorphic cobra, and he has axes for his hands. So he's at the party and he's like, "I'm gonna need a straw if you have one." <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a guy called the Root Beast, who's basically a plant. Um, there's one thing really endeared me to this work. There's a, a guy called Rondo, hulking mass of beefcake superhero with pipes sticking out of him and everything, and he's talking to this uh, transparent, ectoplasmic looking, like a floating central nervous system, and they're debating the merits of post Ozzy Black Sabbath. <laughs> that, that's what they're, they're debating the Such merits. A thing exists. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, born against, awesome. That's the uh, Ian Gillen uh, Sabbath. But uh, the dialogue goes uh, side one of Born Again, the best non Aussie Sabbath. I mean, side two you can talk. Oh, it is beautiful. It's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you got a lady called Skull Lady, which is a a lady with a skull, and Meltor who melts. I mean, what more do you need? It, it's very tasteful, muted colors. Uh, sig- the paper... Yeah, it's got that faux aging, much like uh, yeah. Aphrodisiac that, you know, that, that right, wrote, right. You know, yeah, you make it look like it's from the 70s, yeah. And it's on, uh, quote, off-white paper. It's just He's just using, you know, colors and textures behind it. But it it just blew me away. I, and that's why, if you follow me on Twitter, earlier, I think yesterday, I was fishing around for the best RSS readers because I don't want to miss any of this. Oh. And I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't do RSS stuff. No, I don't, you don't. These creatures look like they're straight out of, like, the Inhumanoids or something like that. It's like, beautiful. But, yeah. like, can you see the, the uh, Charles Burns... And, yes, uh, influence, yes. you know, with um, well, if nice. you definitely a, a Basil Wolverton vibe going, but there's this no, Matthew Allison, no, going on. It's, it's, no it's, it's clean art. It's yeah, yeah, it's it's something. It's sight. I love it. The guy made me do RSS. The bitch. So, <laughs> like I said, I I don't wanna, I don't ever wanna miss it. And if if he does a Kickstarter and whatever the highest oh. bracket of his thing is, I'm in, baby, uh, because <laughs> I want this. <laughs> It's psychotronic. Nice. It really is psychotronic. That's the word for it's it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wow. I love it. So it's called Hello. Calamity of Challenge. And once again, the Earl is loafdish.blogspot.com. And the man's name is Matthew Allison. Don't hold it against him that he's got two first names. It's not his fault. As long as it's not three, then you know, serial killer. That's right. Calamity of Challenge. Check it out. Do it. So that's my first one. You guys want to go and I'll come back. Well, I just I want to circle back, David. I'm not trying to say that your one's art is. <laughs> oh my God! Oh Lord! But I had I had to pull my absolute Dark Knight off uh-huh. the shelves. Oh, so after after it's been God damn, I love this book. 
Oh God, I love this book. So it brings back so many memories, and man, I, I really, I really, I really. Now, what was that, Chris, the David? That? Uh, you felt all grown up buying your first Star Wars comic? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, yeah, Batman, was, don't shiv. Was, <laughs> hey, it was, you know, I mean, <laughs> the Nazis with this for me. The bandages over their nipples? It yeah, was I, a I, revelation. It really was. It was the first comic I ever saw advertised in a magazine like Rolling Stone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. is this? This is crazy. This is I a mean, comic it, book. It, it's it not burst, supposed to be ever. It, it burst the format because it, it, it wasn't prestige, prestige format. After that, it was the Dark Knight Returns format. It's right. Like, really? You know, so it was. Yeah. But it, it was. It was. It was. It was great. It, it had multiple first printings when they were practically unheard of back at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it had it, it was just yeah. It was it was heavy and and it, it was great to be there on the ground floor. And it was and you know and if if you're reading it now years later because you know it's just something you feel that it. it I mean it, it's a book that should be in everybody's library. I, I don't right. I don't disagree with that. You know it, it was yeah, at don't, a, it was at a time in 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 the mid '80s where I mean DC took it. Took a chance on doing a pretty, pretty fucking political book, and and it's Batman. It's their biggest it's, yeah. property, and he's 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 old. And Commissioner Gordon's like you know has figured out for a while who this dude was, and 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 it's just it's it's crazy. Um, you got Joker killing people. You got a batarang to the eye. Yeah, I mean, it, let, it, let's it, be it, let's know, be the, fair. The, the height of the Cold War, and I don't know. It's I mean, it's it's something that there was. There was an artistic chance that was taken because they were making a statement about stuff. And you know, say what you will about comics today, but you know, I mean, Marvel and DC are in the business of selling comics, and I understand that, and that's great, and I appreciate that. But you know, fucking say something. God, that book had so much to say. You know, have some fucking balls between your legs. I, I think. You know, I, okay, I think. I think you're embellishing because of its. Status? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We just we dipped for a little. We did. I, I think. Yeah, I think, seriously. Yeah. I yeah I, no, I, I said I, I I think you're embellishing a little because of the status of the book. It's right. all Dark Knight is all that, but I don't think Dark Knight it's, it's was. Stu- it's, it stood out at the time. I mean, oh, it, it did, the, it did. But it I don't did, think it it's the risk that you're making it out to be. It's yeah. Batman. They, D, Batman's going to sell regardless. I think Ronan was the risk. And then well, because you know, of how... No, I mean, come on. If, if, Watchmen? If, <laughs> I don't know about that, buddy. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking like politically. Dude, that book ran out of nowhere, dude. It was yeah. about fucking Charlton characters. It wasn't like uh, it, w- it wasn't like anybody had any affinity to those characters or the story. True, but I'm just saying, I, I think... How many, how many comics today come out from... I wouldn't even say mainstream publishers. I'll say, I'll say from you know, frontline publishers, which is, you know, the top four or five, how many comics today come out and have something really important to say about the world that we live in? That's true, too, but... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I mean, do you guys, can you... Well, not a whole hell of a lot from Marvel and you, DC. Can you think of any? N- Non-Marvel and DC comics that say things about the world? Yeah. Yeah, fear it's itself, dude. It's going to talk about the real world. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I think that's a bad decision. Is. Come on, I mean, uh-huh. no, that's yeah. a bad. But yeah. just yeah. okay, yeah. just yeah. getting yeah. sell them for two ninety nine and then tell me about how hard the economy is. Uh, just... Irony alert! Do you actually think I meant fucking fear? Jesus, I know, no, I, know. I know, I know. I'm just joking. Just, just humor me. Back to Ronan, though. It, if that was a risk, because not only did they have to step it up 
on the storytelling and the content, the way it was published was totally different. They they made a whole new. I think you oversell Ronan a lot, dude. No, the last issue had a friggin' fold out. Well, you know, hey, I I I like I like Ronan, but kind of what I'm what I'm getting. Sorry, what 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 I'm getting? Breaking my heart. Here's here's you. I think you I think you over romanticize that book. He does love Ronan. Um, you know, I and here's the balance: is that I mean, comics are still a form of escapism for all of us. There is a point where I want to come home and I want to get away from the world as it is, but comics are still a very powerful medium, and I think that I think that there is is um, definitely a place for people to use comics as a commentary on the world around us. And I don't. It's kind of like popular music. I mean, where you know, I I, I read a great article from Steve Earle, who's one of my favorite musicians. It basically asking where are the protest songs, and this was a few years ago, kind of at the well, height. Honestly, dude, I, I, again, I, if you're looking for them, they're there. I mean, I mean, look where? at look, look at what Joe Saka is doing, dude, with his graphic novel. Right. Okay, See, I think is you're at, expecting look at, look them at D, from. I mean, DMZ. I mean, I, that, that's as political a book as it gets these days. Right. I mean, but, I, there you go. I'm just saying, like, I mean, look at uh, what was the um, the Brian uh, the, the Brian K. Vaughan book uh, with the with the animals. Uh, what the hell was um, Pride of Baghdad? Yeah, Pride of Baghdad. Yeah. I mean, that was as political again. I mean, they're None there. of that's I main... just don't think that they're coming out from DC and Marvel mainstream. Because that's, that's not what DC and Marvel right. do. That, that's not the right. Exactly. H- yeah. Historically that's speaking, why I'm, that's every... why I'm saying Dark Knight was awesome. Right. Historically, the socially relevant comics didn't sell well. Look at um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. That was pretty much. Yeah. That was disturbingly relevant at the time. Yeah. It didn't sell all that much. Did it know? not sell very well? Not oh. really, no. Really? No. Well, yeah. No. Well, that's all. The Green Lantern didn't sell well to begin with. That's why they they had the the, the team up, and then okay. it kind of towards the end it was like, oh, he's back in his solo title. But even then, it was it it didn't. No, it didn't really. More, sell more historically relevant. Had, um, yeah, I don't think the audience is there for that kind of stuff. I mean, they tried it with Civil War, and it seemed to click. And then now I think they're on a on a disturbing role with this reality bullshit yeah it's just too real I, yeah I mean, but, you that's know, but not I, want, what I want him to like stand up and like you know say something instead of you know like commenting on it because you it's dark. also a different world though yeah. i mean like yeah. again putting aside political i don't want to make because you know we all i think fair to say between the four of us have some different different political sure, views sure but oh, yeah. but you know look at the shit storm that brubaker got in for having a tea, you know for yeah. getting yeah. teabaggers wrong in the book i mean he got i mean honestly like if i were him i would have been so frustrated because again i'm not trying to politicize what pro anti teabag party or whatever tea party or whatever but but like <laughs> he, no, yeah, that's, that's what they that was the whole point that's what they were calling right, right. but 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 i'm saying like the 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 point is not to to say pick a side there my point is that like brubaker Mm-hmm. Like just even, I think probably subconsciously let his own political views into the book a little bit, which I think is perfectly fine. Like sure. Captain America is a political book; it should be. It's a book that's set in the real world, the quote the more realistic world. I mean, he's he's a re- you know he's he's kind of a street level, for lack of a better term, character. And he got like a, such a massive shitstorm, and Joe Q had to go on TV and say, "Oh, it don't mean anything," but like, and it's like really, dude. Like, I mean, like that's like that. 
And I guarantee you the protests came from people that probably don't read the comic because there's yeah. only a few thousand you people think? that read comics these days. So, you, like, you know, so I guess I'm not making excuses, but I'm saying, like, I think there are still very political statement books. There are some that are more subtle even, but I just think that they're not. I mean, Ex Machina is a very political book. Well, it's over yeah. now, but it was well, a very political yes. book. I mean, yeah. so it's just that I think that, you know, like, like, because of the climate we're in and everything so micro micro focused now, and also because, again, the industry is what it is today. I think Marvel and DC have continued to narrow their focus to what they know sells, and then you know that is what it is, and that's and well, not bad. I'm just, I'm just, they're, they're, they're also now owned by I don't know whenever the Warner buyout was, but you know Marvel had been you know it it wasn't you know it wasn't owned by a mega corporation back in the day so i think there was you know a little bit more freedom there um well it'll be awesome if if axel like says you know what if Nick Fury or Logan want to smoke a cigar every now and then, by all means, they can do it. Because, I mean, it. like, honestly, dude, like, I yeah. just don't understand, like, how you have books where, you know, people are getting disemboweled and de- beheaded, but we can't have a cigar smoke. We, God yeah. forbid, they're not allowed to smoke a cigar. I mean, yeah. You, like, you know, get complaining about the teabag thing in Captain America is like taking a wet squirt on the history of the book. Because, he, like, Grunewald and Engelhart, what about the sure, watchdogs? That, exactly. And they had, you know, exactly. It, yeah. It's I mean, always it, it, been it, it, it made sense. It made sense in the context of the book, you know. Not say well, and sure. Look, that, and and what what better illustration do we have of the political world we live in today that in the upcoming Captain America movie, the Red Skull is no longer a Nazi; he's in charge of Hydra. I mean, it's yeah. like well, you know, I mean, uh, dude, uh, it was a World I, War Two. Yeah. Like, like, are we pretending yeah. Nazis didn't well, exist? Okay. Like, that's he's here's, not here's, a Nazi. No, he's not a Nazi. fail. Is that cannot you cannot distribute? A movie in right. Germany, which right. is a big market, right. you cannot. They don't allow depictions of Nazis in Germany. So oh well, they, sweep it under the rug. I was going to say, understandable. I mean, Germany yeah. is an important economy, but in the yeah. grand scheme of things, like it's, it's. I don't. Hey, I think it's, it's there you go. Well, it's, I, it's, I it's, know, it's corporate interest. It's corporate. I'll wait, interest. I'll wait to see how it plays out in the story. I mean, we we have the comics, so at least you know we know we know where. How the story originates. If somebody sure. is new to Captain America because of the movie, and then they want to read more, you know, it's just it's an ad, it's an adaptation. So I'll wait to see how everything plays out story wise, how it looks, and 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 then I'll I'll worry about oh my god, I, I need to nitpick over. Hey, it's and it's I not, mean, it's, I, it's I, not I, just I sure as hell no, I've nitpicked over over. All I know is I'm giddy because you have Jeff Parker in Taskmaster <laughs> limited series inventing a fucking entire city that's. That's Hitler clones. That's awesome. And then that, that, goes and kicks their ass. That's, well, you know, hey, it's it's not just the cat movie. If you you know the the Avengers, yeah, the are Avengers fighting the heroes. Yeah. You know, it was you know yeah. it was Hydra was the was the bad guy in in World War Two. So I mean, they've retconned all that. And it's that's why you know God bless Hellboy because Nazis they were everywhere. Well, again, like I just it, it's it's a societal thing. I, I I just think it frustrates me because. You know, growing up, when you le- when you learn about history, I think as you get a little older and more mature, you realize that even the history you learned that was history, that was fact, was in fact skewed. I mean, to the, you know, to the victor go the spoils, and that's very much oh, in sure. terms of history as well. So it's really frustrating as someone who, you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, I consider myself an intellectual, you know, in the sense that I, I value, I value, I value education and in, in, in all aspects, and and it frustrates me to think that we really do live in a society where, at a time where people's personal lives are never more invaded. I mean, like, there's no such thing as privacy anymore, and yet, at the same time, we feel compelled to whitewash actual events throughout history, and it's like, it's really, 
I don't know. It's just it's a disturbing trend for me. It's like it's like every we 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 know everything that's happening about everyone except. But as long as time passes and we determine that what happened wasn't good, we can whitewash it. Like again, I know it's an action movie, and I know it's not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. So let's. But it's just a trend. Like it would be it would be like you know us as a country saying no movie can show the depiction of the slave trade in the United States. It's like, yeah, you know what? yeah it's like, it, right. fucking, it fucking happened. Black eye for us. Sorry. You know, right, so right. it's like, you know, if, the, if you it, I'm, relegate... I'm German. German. Germany, I mean, that's my heritage. Fucking own up to it. You tried to fucking take over the world. Yeah. Deal with it. But the, th- the thing is, if you relegate this stuff to whispers and, and backroom conversations, you infuse this garbage with power i'm not saying to embrace it the holocaust was a very bad thing but if you if you run from it and 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 fear it then it has power over you stand up to it and and again not to get but 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 i mean and and certainly we grew up i mean i remember you know when you're little my you know my my oldest is in second grade and of course they're you know they do the whole thanksgiving thing and the pilgrims and Mm -hmm. all we did the same thing and hey you know what when you're that age that's what you think and it's all now there's some truth to that but let's and then you tell them about the smallpox and infested blankets Right, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you talk about. I mean, as a, as a country, we have done plenty of whitewashing of history. I mean, what we did to the Native American population is pretty atrocious, right? Despicable. I mean, we, like our country yeah. is built on the foundation of some atrocious acts that we pretend didn't happen. So it's like, again, like this notion that 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 I mean, stuff happened, right? I mean, it, like with what yeah. the tragedy that's going on in Japan right now, right? I mean, it's horrible, but it, it the fact that at one point we dropped nuclear bombs on them, like like there's ir- there's irony in us raising money to help them stem what's a possible nuclear accident when we in fact dropped sure. re- the only recorded human instances of an atom bomb being used on other people were us against them like it's it happened you know what i mean like it, they just made a bad decision though who what's that? the japanese made a bad decision to side with the germans well, well no right but i'm so, not you know what I'm, but yes i'm but what i'm saying is is that is that it's not it it's I hope we don't ever have a time where we pretend that like these things didn't happen. They shaped this yeah. the world that we right. live in. It, it, exactly. You know, so, again, don't, it's, don't, we're going on a tangent, but I just think it's hide, silly to pretend that Red Skull hide. can't be a Nazi. Like yeah. he's an evil yeah. guy. It's not like the Red School. It's not like they're turning Red School into this hipster that everyone's going to root for. Like he's. An, but he's doesn't an, that make him even more evil if he's a Nazi? I mean, that ups the evil quotient right, to, right, to the exactly. nth degree. Yeah. Yeah, now he's just a, know, he's just a it, nameless. It, it's the same, you know. Learn, from, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Learn from history. Don't hide from it. It happened, and it sure it's, did. You know, show I... show show how far you've come. Yes, grow up. Hey, eleven o'clock. This is Haas, and in your travels, I suggest you read New Avengers: Luke Cage, Town Without Pity, trade paperback. Why? Because it's. Is a hell of a read, and I enjoy it very much. All right, 11 o'clock, this is Haas. I'm Al, and Chris Neesman, I'm not going to make fun of you this week. Bye. I have a book filled with atrocious acts. Per- <laughs> per- perpetuated. Yes, no, but it's really oh, cool. It's, next it's fun. It's all ages. It's not a feel-good book. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's filled with atrocious oh, acts, oh, but it's all, all ages. <laughs> it, no, it's not. It's it's all ages. Sure, it was published by Topps Comics in in 1994, and it's it's loaded with sci-fi violence. But it's fun sci-fi violence. People get blown away it's left and right. Violence. It's Mars Attacks. Oh, uh-huh. nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a five-issue limited series. Each issue was a flip book. In the front, you had Mr. Keith Giffen, 
doing the writing. Pencils by, get this, very early Charles Adler from Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. Okay. Charlie Adler. Uh, John Workman on all the lettering. Workman throughout this entire series. Uh, Digital Chameleon did the covers. And then when you flip it, Len Brown. Half of the original uh, writing team that conceived the Mars Attacks card series in 1962, I believe. Len Brown and Woody Gelman conceived this series for Tops. Concept art was done by Bob Powell and some dude, I don't know, you may have heard of him, named Wally Wood. Bet you didn't know oh, that. Oh, uh, yeah. Fantastic so. anchor. Right. So on, on, on the writing side for this whole series, you had Keith Giffen, Len Brown, one of the original minds behind the Mars Attacks cards, and Dwight John Zimmerman. Artists, Keith Giffen, he pencils some of the stories in here. In the uh, what was then the traditional Giffen nine-panel grid format, it's gorgeous stuff. Charlie Adlart and Tom Sutton even does work for this. Oh. The great, the great friggin' Tom Sutton is yeah. in here. Covers by Earl Norum. There's a name. Norum is a fantastic cover artist. How many Savage Sword of Conan covers uh, did Earl Norum do? You know, I can still remember the one. It's probably my favorite one, where Conan's standing there surrounded by skeletons. It's a winter scene, and you can see the the, the icy breath coming out of his nose and his mouth. That's an awesome cover. Keith Giffen did a cover with Terry Austin, and there's a little tribute to Harvey Kurtzman on it. It's really cool how they did it. It's a pastiche on a Kurtzman cover, and right in the corner where they signed it, it's the number two and a little icon of a man, and then a four and the word Kurtz and another man. So it's two men for Kurtzman. Get it? It's an homage to Kurtzman. It's really cool. Um, Drew Friedman did a cover. Warts and all, Drew Friedman. Ken Stacy, John Pound. This series is really cool. It, so obviously it came out before Tim Burton's movie, which came out in 96. So this is 94. Right. And the, uh, the Martians are comprised of two races. You get the warlike Nards, which are the ones you see in the movie. They're traditional, you know, the big head with the, the, the green and the blazing eyes. But there's a, another, um, race of Martians that are more spiritual, more scientific. They're called the Peace. P-A-E-E-C-S. And they kind of sort of resemble the other, the, the Nords, but they, they don't have eyes. Their eye sockets are completely fleshed over and they have uh, like a tendril above their heads with one, a single red eye. They're really unique looking. And they encounter us on our planet. The peace guys want to intermingle with us. They want to meet us. They want to share technology and uh, customs and just a benevolent sharing of information and, and culture. But the uh, the other dudes, the Nards, want nothing. They want to come, conquer the place, run roughshod over us, take our resources, colonize the planet, the whole nine yards, you know. And uh, the Nards went out. So they come to our planet. They launch all of our nuclear missiles into the upper atmosphere. So now we're basically defenseless. We don't have any more big guns. With the exception of our nuclear submarines, which at the first sign of trouble, hightail it into the ocean. And water disrupts the Martian sensors. So they have no way of tracking our nuclear capabilities. And sonar is completely, well, alien to them. They, it, it just boggles their mind. They don't know how to use it. So we have these nuclear submarines trolling around the oceans. The Martians come down and just decimate the planet. But they thought, hey, let's use their own fauna against them. 
and they create this biological weapon that mutates insects. If you're familiar with the original card set from 62, there are giant spiders, giant ants, giant caterpillars, all these, these huge horrific bugs. They were devised by the Martians, but the switch was they did mutate them and they did destroy humans, but they couldn't control them. And the bugs also turn on the Martians. So their uh, invasion timetable is severely hampered by these giant bugs. And you get a bunch of locations in here with different humans and their trials and tribulations against the Martians. It's, there's Washington, D.C. There's a guy in the Amazon rainforest that's fighting for his life. There's a nurse named McKay in Boston, Mass. She pops up later. I mean, this is only the first series. There was um, another series after this that ran for seven issues. Then it just exploded. Once the movie came out, Image published one, a four-issue limited series like Image right. and Mars Attacks, and there was Mars Attacks, The Savage Dragon, and there was some one-shots. And But this is the very first one. This Nurse McKay is forced to save the life of a Martian, and when she does, unbelievably, she, she manages, uh, having no knowledge of, of alien uh, physiognomy, she she saves the Martian and they brand her. They put this symbol on her forehead, meaning a, a person sympathetic to the Martian cause. So she pops up over the course of these various series. It's a light read. It, you know, it's it's old sci-fi fun. Um, uh -huh. Aliens, flying saucers, and lasers. It doesn't get any more 50s than that. Right, but there you go. I, I'm not going to get into the whole series. The coolest issue, if you're again, if you're familiar with the card series, I think number 39. Card number 39 was called Destroying a Dog. David's not going to like this. 36. It, it's a, a, a Martian blowing away a dog, and its its little boy owner is like screaming in terror. That's the thing about the Mars Attacks cards. They were very graphic for the time, and they sold like hotcakes because kids are like, whoa, this guy's face is melting. Let's buy these cards. Len Brown does a story. I don't know in what issue, but oh, in issue number two, it tells the story behind that destroying a dog card, which is kind of cool in and of itself. But the really neat thing about it is, and it's drawn by Keith Giffen in the nine-panel grid format, the story is told from the dog's perspective. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, you'll see a panel, and it's it's just a dog's eye view of, like, foliage. And it says, smell rabbit, track now. And he's in the woods with his master. And then the shit hits the fan, and the dog is translating all this external stimuli into words that he can understand, like the flying saucers are birds, okay. you know, birds too high, attacking master. And in the end, the dog saves the family from from the aliens and and dies. And it's really kind of touching, you know. The, the dog, he's not concerned with himself. He's right. just like, oh, I saved yeah, my master. Yeah, and now I can, you know, I'm I'm lucky. Let's go. And it, it when he crosses over, he meets another dog. It's really Aww. neat. You know, it's kind of kind of cool. You know, or I'm assuming it's a dog. So yeah, it's very neat. And if you, you I got them for like a buck a piece. Nice. Uh, somewhere along the line, I have the one half issue, and it's signed by Dwight John Zimmerman. I have a certificate oh. of authenticity. Hey, -o. Yeah, so I it, it's just like the movie's awesome, so I picked these up on a whim. I didn't buy them back in the day. They're fantastic. Tom Sutton, oh my God, yeah. one of the all-time great horror artists. A little shaky here because this is towards the end of his right. uh, all-too-short career, but I'll take any Tom Sutton, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Mars Attacks from Topps Comics. We don't talk enough about Topps. They put a, out a lot you, of... Oh, you are a generator of new ideas, if nothing else. 
Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah, dude. dude. I'm always. I mean, yeah. Like you're always bringing stuff out of like you're you dig you dig in the crates. It's good, yeah, man. Dude. I I love it. I just you know when the current books aren't lighting a fire, seek the good books in the history of the medium. They're there. Absolutely. There's, there's millions of them there, and uh, so I was going to read both series, but I didn't want to blow Chris's brains. So maybe what? another maybe another month or two, I'll I'll go into the second series. There just something to look forward to. Addendum. Uh, obviously, I'm recording this after the fact because I can, because we did it early this week. Uh, what I wanted to include in this little Mars Attacks bit, a little bit of information that I think is, is really neat, but I forgot when we were recording, so now I'm going to do it now. There's a story in one of the issues written by Len Brown that actually made it into the Tim Burton movie. It's illustrated by Tom Sutton again, and what Len Brown did was he uh, introduced the concept of the Martians coming to the planet in disguise and uh, preying upon the male libido using a what they thought was the human version of the, the perfect female, and they, they gussied up one of their own to look like a blonde bombshell. And if you've seen the movie, that's in the movie. So Len Brown got writing credits for the uh, Tim Burton movie, Yay! Yay, Len Brown. So, a uh, little bit of uh, added information for you. So, let's go back to the episode. There you go. Nice. Now, you, Tops Comics, you had uh, Jurassic Park Dr- yeah, with Dracula. amazing... Yeah, uh, the Mignola three issues? Yep. Three issues? No, four. Four, four issues of uh, Dracula? Uh, you had... Well, of course, you had the... Or Dracula. First, you had... Um, well, it was Bram Stoke Dracula. was an adaptation of the movie. Right. Yeah. Reeves and Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony. Uh, X Files. Right, I have the whole run. Yeah, uh, Charlie, Charlie Adler's. Christina? Charlie Adler's in there too. Oh, okay. You had uh, Michael Golden covers on the Raptor. I think I said that. What else? Mm-hmm. Zorro. You had, um, you had uh, Hercules, Xena. Um, Tops put out a lot of great books back in the day. Ray Bradbury uh, Chronicles. There was a, a plethora of great artists that came through that book. Kurtzman, uh, Corbin, Jesus. Yeah. You know, I gotta be honest. I don't think I've ever read a Topps comic. Wow. Oh, they, you know, admit they weren't. It wasn't all good. Well, there was saying, a like, lot there was of stinkers. Mainly. Yeah. 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 So it's it's. Lady Rawhide. Yeah. I think it was uh, Nestor yeah, Redondo did that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They had a, a a nice amount of books, but again, it was like, uh, and there's something in here where one of the issues sells out. And uh, the uh, Dwight John Zimmerman, who is, the, I think, the editor-in-chief, said that, and I, I had a chuckle, uh, Mars Attack sells out from all three dis- distributors. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> what a wonderful time it was back then. And But anything, so everything and anything sold out back then. That was sure. the, the second golden age. I mean, yeah. you, even, even crap was selling out. Yeah. Not that this was. You know but, it. Yeah. So I... I just great stuff. Cool. Yep. If you, this weekend when you guys are in uh, Chicago, if you see some Tops comics, man, definitely. Dude, speaking of uh, Chicago, you know who's going to be mm-hmm. there? Who? King Dap, and he's got something he wants to talk about. <laughs> we have something. Was that a segue? <laughs> yeah, you're going to lead us off though, because this, this, yeah. I think this is going to be Jason and and my tag team for the next. Well, that that is only three issues left, but uh, oh Jake we Ellis. Go. We talked about who was Jake Ellis number one. Second yes. issue came out, and uh, and they're not they're, they're not really 
teasing so much about the whole uh, idea behind it. It's it. We start off uh, after, well after the end of the first issue, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and John is in custody and and you know, still uh, written by Nathan Edmondson and and art by uh, Don It's um, art is still great. We, we we get a little bit of um little bit. Uh, at, at the beginning of the book and at the end of the issue of uh, of John's story and uh, and kind of where Jake came into the picture and as we get to the end of the issue um, we're finding things out about Jake and I guess what he's thinking or what he's feeling or, or what he's trying to get out of this it's it's still it's still a unique ride. It's still something that, you know, it's it's a little different than the first issue I felt, but it's still it kept the momentum going. The story's still there for me, and 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 I want to see where it's going. And um, I'm I'm still digging the characters in. It's it's this is going to be. I'm you know as as of only two issues in, I, I have really nothing to complain about. I'm I'm I'm. It looks like I'm going to enjoy this for the full ride. So That's a five-issue series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I largely agree with you. I, I, um, I mean, I thought this issue was definitely different than the first. In I guess if there was, if I had a criticism, and it's it's a minor one, it's just that on the art side, I thought that the first issue did some really creative things with the with with. I thought the first issue played with with what a comic book and sequential art can do for you. Like we talked about the, you know, the use of the stat shot, and then you had the images, the action scene, yeah, the pages with the action scene, and then all of a sudden you had the same pages with him having the same conversation, only with Jake in the background of the scenes. Right, right. And that really I thought was powerful. You know, that really it made the point of that. You know, it's in his head, but he's he's powerful in this because I think of it being a little more straightforward, you don't really have that. I mean, you don't, like, I, right. there were no examples in this issue where you, where I thought that they, they really did anything with the art or the sequentials that um, that were unique, which I thought they did in the first issue. It's more linear, I guess. You know, it's more yeah. straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that said, though, um, I agree with you. I think it it, it definitely, it, it's one of those things where it kind of answers some of the questions they they. They hinted at the first, but it also it it opens up the door to a lot more. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. you know that I mean you you well you don't know for sure, but you get the sense that this is a guy that has been involved in some way with 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 the intelligence you know uh, community for a while, um, but you don't really know if that's in his mind again or if that's the, the, if that's like an implanted history or if that's real. Um, at some point, you know that somebody has has you know fucked with his mind that he was in right. a lab. Um, yeah, I think so they it call be like the born identity, where you know, yeah, you somebody saying, you know, you're a CIA employee. Why don't you come back in with us? We'll protect you. It's like I never really do trust when the first person says that in a yeah. story. I, that's not the dude I trust. Right, right. And they they reference, I think, what they say. He's he's patient eleven, or he's 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 number eleven. He's like experiment. So they they hint that there's he's part of a bigger thing. Right. Seemingly, the first ten experiments didn't go well. The uh, the overseers of this experiment are getting a lot of pressure to show some results, yeah. and so they kind of lead you to think that they're they're pushing 
uh, his his particular case because I guess she's showing some signs of progress faster than they should, and then he escapes, or or again in his mind he he's escaped from that and he's on the run now, um, and and I guess so. I mean, do you think it's that Jake? Do you think it's something like they've kind of they're they're getting these guys to disconnect part of you know another part? Like, do you think they're, they're, it's a case of where these guys are using like uh, a bigger percentage of their mind and they're creating like a, a segmented component of themselves to to help them, or do you think it's more of like a implanted memories of someone else? Like, what do you think it is? Do you think it's like I don't split think, personality or see, I I part of me wants to lean towards a split personality like mm-hmm. this is you know he's he's accessing something either that he's he's um he's been trained in he's familiar with he he knows mm-hmm. this part like like the whole cleaning of the gun thing and yeah you know yeah. did someone really tell him to do that or is this something he remembers but then when you have Jake have these other conversations to whoever else it's like okay well why is it, where's that coming from and it, and it and it definitely throws me a curve because I'm not sure now was I just was I going along in one direction and now mm-hmm. the speed bump came up and, and now I'm still like all right well all right so so everything I just thought didn't just throw it out the window. Right. And, and I mean even even John is is convinced that this is all in his head and if 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 Jake is working against him, what does that say about John? It, so it's it's only two issues in, and there's already conflict between these two, and we don't know which one's real, and and it's you know I to me this is this is similar to like you know, the sixth gun where you know I I want to read the next issue I, I put this down all right we're I I need number three now and. I don't know if we'll have all the answers by the time the fifth issue is out. I'm not sure what what, what the plan is from here on out, but right. it's it's uh, you know they I'm, I'm still hooked. <laughs> yeah, you know I was thinking I was going to run this by because it, it's like they're kind of leading us to think again, especially with this issue that it's like a, a, a an experiment like with an agent gone wrong. But what if this is more like that the experiment's gone really right? You know, like almost like too well. Like like you know they they're trying to do whatever they're trying to do to him, and it worked almost too well. You know, again, I guess it's not dissimilar from like the born identity kind of thing, where like you know he's almost like the, he he's he because it works so well, he's now you know he's gone off the grid and he's like fighting back and stuff. Like I don't know, it's it's it could go a lot of different directions, and I'm still I, I came away same thing. I'm intrigued, and I'm just I, I'm feeling even a little bit better because after that first issue, the one thing I didn't want to see happen is like like the second issue open up where like it, this dude is like in like a vat of like you know like yes. a pasta tank and yeah. like on monitors or something and it's like the matrix and he's like it's in his mind like that would disappoint me and again i guess you could still say that at the end of the day like the last page of the fifth issue could be him in a pasta tank yes. somewhere you're like yes. but if this is like actually at least part of this is happening in the real world it's pretty groovy like i, I i'm with you it's it's uh i don't again i don't know if edmondson's done anything else in comics that we're supposed to know but uh but he's he's the the writing sharp. It's it's, it's yeah, yeah. well constructed. It really is. And, and John is and, and the art. It, John's looking haggard. I mean, he's he's been arrested. He's on the run. He doesn't he doesn't look like that uh, that suave, cool, collected guy at the beginning mm-hmm. of the first issue who was who was uh, you know getting away from the Spaniards. And here it's you know here it's some dude who really does. You know, he's got the bags under his eyes. He's disheveled. He. Uh, he looks like he's getting to be at wit's end, and uh, I I feel for him. It's I'm, I'm not 
I, I kind of want to know what's up with Jake. You know what? It's not a whose side are you on thing, but why? Why are you? I don't even think he's working against John, but why are you doing what you're doing? I, yeah. Well, and also too to that point, like you said in the first issue, um, Jake is like just almost laser focused, like telling him, "Okay, do this in the next five seconds. Do this, blah blah blah." And and that happens a little bit in this issue, but at the same time, like you said, as he's haggard and he's under the run and he's starting to question things, Jake and he are getting more combative. Like they're not, yeah. you know, he's questioning him. Well, why are you saying this? Or why can't you tell me this? Or why didn't you? And Jake's like, "I'm not your, you know, I, I don't know everything. I'm not, you know." So it's it's interesting. Like again, it's like if it's in his mind, you know, you, that would make sense that the two personalities are going more at each other because they don't have the answers. Whereas when he's on a mission and things were going smoothly, it was like. You know, Jake was just like his perfect, almost like spirit guide. Like, all right, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and he was just listening to him and doing it. You know, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I said, I mean, you get like with anything else, you got three more issues. It could either go off the rails or it could be totally awesome. But it's you know, they're two for two now, uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Well, nice. I, I have to check it out because that sounds like it's right in my wheelhouse. Oh, it's I totally bet. a wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spanish boy. Totally. Uh, yeah, I, I, why why have I not picked this up? Why have I not read this? Answer me. Because you're dumbass. Oh, yeah. hey, because <laughs> you're high on Dark Knight Returns. That's right. Oh, stop. Hey, oh, okay. <laughs> this little trip right, down memory se- lane, se- second greatest <sighs> graphic novel ever written, has been brought to you by. Oh, my Lord. Wow. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, he must well, be making. He's making room for Ronan. What it's all it's all it's always brought up in the name the greatest graphic novel ever written. It's Watchmen and Dark Knight. Well, Watchmen's not a graphic novel. It's limited right. series. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, the signs on the buses told me it was based on. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, then yeah. for, if you're going to do it that way, the Dark Knight's not a graphic novel. Yeah, either. exactly. I know exactly. But who, probably, who cares? I, it's all I good. Do. Why the listen? The listeners care of it. A name is a name is listen. a name. You can call it Fred. It's still great. No, Batman? I really did like the Dark Knight quite a bit, but I have to say Batman Year One. Yeah, absolutely good. Like, <sighs> just like like it's like, like nipple- astoundingly good. Like, like when nipple Zach, Zach, good. remember, I hadn't read it when we started the show, and then I know after I admitted I know. that Crucy sent me uh, a copy, and uh, and it was just wow, Woo, it's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. It is yeah. great. It's, just, it's not you know, the Dark Knight. You know what else it's, is it's, awesome? It's, it's apples and oranges. It's 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 it's, it's Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente. It's they're both great, different reasons. Year One is probably a better pure Batman story. Dark Knight is a perfect representation of the time that it was created. Dark Knight is Frank Miller planting the seeds of his insanity. It's that. it's Frank Miller being fucking awesome, dude. Xerxes, come on, it's coming. <laughs> no thanks. Hey everybody, hey, you're, gonna get, you're gonna you're gonna get it in Dark Horse Presents. I know. I don't gotta read it. Um, oh, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Hater. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hater. Yeah. You can get Dark Horse Presents where at Discount Comic Book Service because they're our sponsors and we love them. DCBService.com. Rocketeer Adventures. Look at this. Alex Ross, John Cassidy, Mike Allred, Kurt Busick, Michael Kaluda, Jim Silkey, Mike Mignola, Mignola, dumbass, all paying yeah, tribute yes. to the legacy of uh, Dave Stevens. Cover price, three ninety nine. No way. Buck ninety nine at DCBS. Strange Adventures number one. That was <laughs> what a list. Jeff Lemire, Peter Milligan, mm. Scott Snyder, uh, Mark Buckingham, 
Oh, Paul yeah. Pope, Brian, Brian Azzarello, Eduardo Rizzo. Yes, oh. Co- Cover price, seven ninety nine. Ha! I laugh at thee. 50% off, $3.99 at Discount Comic Book Service. And don't forget about the digital wing. See, it's the future. It turned the into digits. a wing. MyDigitalComics.com. Check them out. Cheap-ass... No, damn it. I did it again. Did it Cheap again. digital comics, including Duncan the Wonder Dog, the landmark release from last year in digital format, nine ninety nine. And Chris, this is your time. The very last. See dos see dos promo. For this yes, year. come to come to the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo this weekend. Go to c two e two dot com for details. Now, going back, you had mentioned Azrael and Rizzo. I actually saw Brian this weekend. There was the the final signing with Jill Thompson and Will Pfeiffer, and we're going to see Will this weekend. It's going to be awesome. And Brian was there. Jill is his wife, so he was there to you know kind of support her through the signing. And he told, "I'm couldn't I, she stand? I want, I, <laughs> shut up. I, want, I, want, I want I want to book a flight to Spain because he told me about this crazy awesome." Uh, 100 Bullets collection that is being made in Spain. It's going to be a Spanish translation, but it's like a hardcover five-volume collection of 100 Bullets, and, dude, it's in an attache case. Oh, that's so freaking cool. That is awesome. That's cool. Oh, did you see the... Did you see the bone collection in previews this month? Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Three hundred fifty yeah. though. Whew. It's worth it. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, it's a lot of money. Beyond that, <laughs> no, it's, only, it's actually only twenty percent. Well, yeah, yeah that's a specialty yeah. item. That, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's a low margin item right there. Yeah, um, yeah. But I was just like, oh, oh, dude, I want that to me. It's like. And I probably offended him because I, I said I don't fucking care. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And it's like the words are yeah. important. Uh, God, yeah, Rizzo's art blown up. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so come this weekend to Chicago, and it'll be awesome. <laughs> Hell of a promo. Love Ooh. it. <laughs> it's gonna be on. You know, if they haven't fucking made up their. See, the Skype gods are shitting on you right yeah, now. Yeah, Because you're, you're being a potty mouth. You know, yes. They're cutting you in and out, buddy. Yeah. Go go to C-Dos-C-Dos this year, and you can see um, most of us. Oh. Yes. Don't. Oh. Don't. Oh. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let your imagination run wild about who That's right. is no, referring no, to. No, it, no, it, but I will say, though, one last thing about C-Dos-C-Dos, and uh, in all seriousness, the last, th- the only thing I don't want to hear when we come back from Cedo Cedo's and we're recapping things or people on the forums is, oh, you know, I saw you guys, but I didn't, ca- I didn't have the nerve to say hello or you oh. looked busy. If, if you see us and yeah. you re- and you that's know what's come up and say hi. Please. Like that's why we're there, you know. Yep. And then take Jack Jason in the back and do some uh, crossed psychopath on him. <laughs> Reenact the first if scene. You see, of- if you, <laughs> most importantly, what what Jason left out there. Most importantly, if you sit after the convention, part, doesn't listen. Uh-huh. Come up, we can hear a word. We can hear every other word you're saying, buddy. Yeah, you're Damn, messing, you're messing up. But I'm not messing up, and I got something to say. In your travels, not a guilty pleasure, just a plain old pleasure. I don't care. I don't care how you guys are going to react to this because I love. 
this book, and I just don't care. Brian Polito, Mike Wolfer, Marcello oh, Mueller. Dude, read Lady Death. It is really oh, good. It's really good. For you. good. good for you. Horror, fantasy, adventure. Uh, uh. It's, it's, no, no. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> I like it a Living lot. Living the dream, dude. Living the dream. Yeah, I got this thing for Avatar. I love their books. <laughs> you do. Love them. Nice. Take it away, next person. All right. Am, am I? I'm still breaking up. No, you're uh, good. You're okay. In your travel. Okay. In your travels, Godernus Rama. Oh, <laughs> that's the site that must not be named. Godernus Rama and read Jim McLaughlin's story about Russ Heath. You made and it. You then, made it. And and then realize how awesome and important the hero initiative. And whenever you're at Cedos Edos, make your first stop. The Hero Initiative table to donate to them, sign up for sketches and and writers there, and and help make the lives of the veteran comic bookers that have given us so much entertainment throughout our entire lives a little bit easier. Yay! Sweet. Nice. That's good. Uh, this is for Jason and for uh, for Ooh. Chris since he's not familiar. That uh, this artist is doing this book. Uh, read uh, "Coming to America: Black Panther: The Man with No Fear" <laughs> with uh, with art by Disco uh, Fragovia and uh, written by David Liss. Yeah. It is a beautiful book. It really is, and and is. you know it's the third issue. I'm up to five fifteen. Things are chugging along. We're getting some uh, some interesting uh, subplots going on. With this crime family and and uh, and yeah, you know, it, there wasn't a lot of T'Challa in five fifteen, but um, but he was doing his thing. And and you know, for whatever reason, Luke Cage is all getting in his grill and and and, and yeah. ew. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's some some words for the dude. So yeah, so yeah. but they're, they're gonna come to a head, I believe. Uh, they're, they're going to come face to face soon enough. Uh, good. And last but not least in your travels, uh, we're going to bookend this bitch. Uh, Chris opened up by talking about Bendis being at C-Dos-E-Dos. Uh If you feel like uh, giving a little all-ages try, if you have some kids, you want to read them some comics, uh, Takio, which is uh, Bendis and Oming and uh, Bendis's daughter, uh, who's the co-author, which I think is really cute. Um, it's a it's an all ages book. It's uh, pretty small. It's probably like ninety pages or so, I'm guessing. But uh, it's basically the story of uh, a multiracial uh, sisters, um, a Caucasian little sister and an Asian older sister, and they get superpowers. And uh, it's uh, really a story about the relationship, and it's I think it's right in Bendis's great wheelhouse. You know, just what to think he's he's at best when he's dealing with dynamics of you know two or three people, and uh, and and this is right up there. So um, I read it uh, this week and thought it was terrific, and uh, it's definitely something that should be praised because it's um, you know to those that say there aren't enough all ages stuff out there that well you got Marvel's top dog taking the time to put out an all ages OGN and it's cute and it's definitely perfect for kids. So. Sounds good. Yep. And uh, yeah, I kind of didn't want to say anything in the beginning, didn't want to start the episode on a downbeat note, but um, if you're not going to do it for yourself, uh, do it for me. Then reach out, whether it's with your wallet or your mind or your heart, and and do something for the uh, relief efforts in Japan because it's not a good scene and it's going to get worse. 
So uh, that's your amen. It's your brothers and sisters over there dying and having their lives disrupted, and the, the the sphere of influence. If you consider that every person has satellites uh, of people around them, the amount of lives this thing is is impacting is just disgusting. So uh, yeah, do something to help out because it's not it's not good. So on, do it on a comic book on a comic book note. There are tons of comic book creators that are doing charity stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you, if you hop on the Twitter, there are uh, um, to um, to buy sketches and prints and all sorts of stuff. So you can actually, you know, get a little in the way of a sketch. Not that that should be why you do it but there are tons of artists out there that are selling their wares and donating all of the money to uh, to the red cross there are tons of tweets about just uh texting a message that will uh your phone uh carrier will will uh, add ten dollars to your to your phone uh, to donate uh, all of that to uh to earthquake relief so there's a lot of ways to give big and small so so check that out and thank you Vince for bringing that up yeah gotta do something okay well boobies how about that we'll lighten it up with <laughs> a little bit of boobies that's right uh, be, you guys have um, do good this weekend and go to see do see dos and see everybody and have a good time and we'll be back here next week with a huge recap of the show how about that for the recap uh, episode yeah. we love Word you up. say bye bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.